Hey, deserving listeners, it's time for our third or fourth, maybe our fourth installment of the second campaign of Dungeons & Dragons. And this is a time for us to demonstrate how to use Dungeons & Dragons in a therapeutic manner and to promo our nonprofit called Game to Grow. Adam or Adam, why don't you explain what Game to Grow is and where they can go to find you guys? Thank you, Kirk. Game to Grow is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're based in the greater Seattle area. Uh, what we're most well known for is our therapeutic social skills groups, uh, serving kids, teens, emerging adults using Dungeons and Dragons. We have other groups that's, that use other types of games, but Dungeons and Dragons is our flagship. I'm also happy to announce that as of our most recent games this last week, we now have international players. Where a, a, a game to grow actually had uh, players from four different countries in our last uh, group. So if you are a listener, even if you're not in Washington, uh, you can find out more about our groups at gametogrow.org. Uh, and the group will, the various different Dungeons and Dragons groups will appeal to people who are wanting to develop self-esteem socially, to develop maybe social skills and have a glorious, wonderful, fun, bonding time while you do it. And that's what we're going to demonstrate today. All right, take it away, Adam Johns. Um, Well, as is always the case, uh, I want to start us off with a checking question to get us us rolling, get us warmed up a little bit. Uh, Our checking question for today is, what is your favorite book? And uh, to also answer as your character. And sometimes we... We um, restrict this a little bit, uh, uh, and sometimes we, we go with the flow. Today, I want to I wanna encourage you to speak in your character's voice when you answer as your character, as we're, we're working on trying out character voices and, uh, and uh, speaking in character timbre, uh, and so I want to I wanna work on that. So um, really, the book question came about because um, books are going to be a central part of, of our plot, so I'm kind of curious what everybody's favorite book is. Okay. Well, my favorite book is, I'm going to say, The Annotated Hobbit. The Hobbit is a uh, childhood favorite of mine and really began my love of all things fantasy, including Dungeons and Dragons, and is a wonderful book. It has its pros and its cons, but I like the annotated one because the annotated one, which is actually behind me, I don't know if you can see it, but... It, it provides all this background to various passages. It has just as much annotation as J.R.R. Tolkien's, you know, uh, prose or script or text is, is talking about. Um, and then as my character, <laughs> my character, you're seeing what's to our voices, right? I, w- so, I would love for you to speak in the first person and, and yeah. do a voice if you can. Um so I have to make something up in the Dungeons and Dragons world at this point. So I will say, let's see, I, there's probably, okay. Um, wasn't it, it was like an old man that I was doing, right? So it was like, it was like, uh, well, me as Blazonar Dar Dragon, uh, an old book that my grandfather gave me that I read passages Every night it is by my bedside. It is a uh, a book about it. It, it is called um, <laughs> it is called the ways of business and much much more by uh, by. <laughs> 
by much, much Brian Took, the <laughs> halfling of old. May have, you may have heard of it, but maybe not. And it is uh, every every page has wisdom and guidance on how to, shall we say, be convincing of other people. Very, very good. I love it. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Who's next? I can go. Um, uh, I'll start. I will go first. <clears throat> my favorite book uh, is not even close. It's, it, it's, it's all of my top five is the same book. I came across it uh, in my youth, and I have yet to understand it fully. It is called 207 Ways to Interpret the Valoufre Seal, which is a, a kind of a, an erudite, erudite uh, topic back from the land I'm from, but um, uh, few can understand it. Few can understand it as well as I can, I, and I cannot understand it very well at all. So, uh, yeah. I am looking forward to the sequel, which is apparently being written and it's taken 50 years and it will be they're adding two additional ways to interpret the battle of seal um, bringing it up to 209 that's that's, that's, that's wild that, that is correct yeah Berto now do your character <laughs> <laughs> um, my character my Umberto character um, so do graphic novels count <laughs> yeah 100%. okay so graphic novels count than the Sandman series, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, it's, you know, graphic novel by Neil Gaiman about Dream of the Endless. He's uh, in charge of everyone. Not everyone's just like humans, but every single thing in the universe's dreams. And the whole story starts because he gets imprisoned, sort of on accident, by this mystic, uh, because he's actually trying to capture death, but instead he accidentally captures death's brother, Dream. And then the rest of the book, you know, at first he escapes and stuff. And the rest of the book is him trying to reclaim his kingdom and then dealing with a lot of um, universal level problems. Really great. Um, And then if it weren't a graphic novel, though, I might have to reach all the way back to the Dark Crystal book, which is Mm. a book based on the movie, uh, which I always thought it was a book. And then it was a movie, but actually it wasn't. They wrote it after the movie, but the book was actually really good. (laughs) It's somewhat I'd, better I'd, than the movie. I've definitely never read the book. I'm I'm very familiar with the movie, but I didn't realize that they'd written a book. I should totally go read that. Now, very granted, true. it's much shorter than I remember it because I read it as a kid, and so in my mind, it's like this epic tome. It's not, but <laughs> it did. It had these amazing descriptions of the Uru people because they had these engravings on their skin that represented melodies and harmonies, and they had these like, you know harmonies that were like 11 part harmonies and 20 part harmonies and their music was so elaborate and i remember reading this as a kid just in awe and i wanted to hear their music and yeah so that'd be it have you heard the audiobook for the sandman oh the new one they came put out. out yeah no, just came out it's a full yeah, like radio drama they have sound I've effects heard about and different it. actors and stuff i just started listening to it it's amazing Really? And they like kept it true? It's like they're just... I never read the graphic novel, so okay. I, I'm, it's my first exposure to it. But Neil Gaiman is the audiobook reader, and you know, he's the, okay. the narrator the character. Narrator. Um, I'm going to have to do awesome. it. Yeah, so how far along are you? Um, two hours. But, I, can't, okay. I don't want to... No yeah, spoilers for anybody yeah, no, else. Okay, yeah. great. I'm going to read it. We're going to compare <laughs> notes. 
Yeah, that sounds great. We'll do um, like a little podcast about it. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, right. For me, uh, my but, but this is a hard question since I've I've had like different phases and different times in my life. I've had a sort of a, a book for that phase. The book that came to mind though is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, that book is one that I I've, I come back to again and again because it's so it's so full of reference material. Um, and I always tell people once they read it, they will realize how often that book is referenced because um, it's just so. So good. Davis, that was my runner-up. I swear to God, <laughs> I was this close to. I was like, ah, I gotta do it, but then I was like, oh, but the Dark Crystal. I was younger when I read. Oh, such a good book. Such a good book. It's so good, and this guy—it's just got great silly characters, and it. it's definitely influenced my sense of humor and my the way, certainly the way that I game master. Because there's characters like Zaphod Beeblebrox, you know, the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Just it's just very silly and sort of self-aware. So I really like that book a lot. Um, it's got good characters. Uh, the movie was not good, but the book was really good. Um, Wait the the latest movie you mean? They made like yeah. a tour. Two I actually I actually really enjoyed the movie, and and I'm a fan of the books. They're very different, I, but I I thought they dropped the ball in a number of places that I can't quite recall right now. I just remember the feeling of walking out of the theater <laughs> feeling disappointed. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't break it down for you why exactly I feel that way at this point as it's been so long. Uh, but I just remember they they dropped the ball on on Zaphod Beeblebrox. I think hmm. supposed to. Have He's such a hard pets. character to to I do know. well. Yeah, I know. Well. Um, and for me, Gerkas, my favorite book. I have not read that many books. I spend most of my time working on my body. Uh, and my favorite book is <laughs> A Dragon's Way. Oh. It really talks about dragons and our way. Their way. <laughs> yes, way. Dragon's way. Gerkas, is it, is it like about Gerkes. your culture? That's Gerkas. Gerkas. <laughs> is it about your culture? Uh, yes, like- and... The way to be a dragon. So it's, so it's, a, it's a guide, really. It's does, does it yes. just have one word that says "badass"? Uh, let me ask you: uh, How many pictures are per page in this book? <laughs> There's a great number of pictures in this book, <laughs> mostly of dragons being badass, dragons and their way. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Gerkes. <laughs> now, by the way, if you guys ask me this question in a party, I'll say something like, well, it's a toss-up between Atlas Shrugged and perhaps uh, Crime and Punishment. But some days I go back to Ulysses. Uh, you know, these are... <laughs> yeah, I like it. I I prefer to read War and Peace. I read it uh, once a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> um I think that my answer for this is is also a really tough question. For a long time, my favorite book was um, Snow Crash uh, oh, yeah. by oh, yeah. Neil Stevenson. Um, that was uh, guided me a lot in my teenage years and, and and into the later parts of my life. And it was just uh, um, such a wonderful fantasy book that I, I pulled a lot of imagery from. Um, but uh, I think my, my favorite book now is probably um, one of the King Killer trilogy. Um, by uh, Patrick Rothfuss, uh, Name of the Wind, especially. Uh, one of the things that Patrick Rothfuss does really amazingly is to describe with words things that um, you normally need other senses in order to really experience. So he describes music really spectacularly well in the book without ever trying to do lyrics or without ever oh. trying to do, um, uh, without ever trying to like reference a currently existing kind of music. Uh, he just uses the description of the way the music makes you feel and the, the, 
the sort of um, very descriptive words of how the music is uh, to give you an imagery of the music that really makes you feel like you're experiencing the music, even though at no point in time do you ever have any idea what the actual music sounds like, uh, which is just a really cool, talented thing that Patrick Rothfuss has created doing. He does that for several other things in the book, uh, including uh, he, he plays a board game like chess um, called TAK, T-A-K, um, that uh, he never actually tells you how to play, but gives you the experience of what it's like to play this this oh. chess board game. Uh, it's very interesting, and he does a really spectacular job at that. What, what uh, does this take place? Is it uh, Earth? Is it a fantas- fantasy world? Or it's a it's a fantasy world, and he actually created his own sort of magic system uh, called Sympathy, uh, as well as combining it with the uh, sort of age old tale of naming, where you can speak the name of. Of something, it's where the the book title "Name of the Wind" comes from, where where there were ancient namers who could who knew the names of things like the wind and could say the name of the wind and, and control it. Um, and so there's there's sort of uh, different kinds of magic that exist in the world um, for this for this fantasy book. But the main character is both a spellcaster and a uh, a musician. Um, and so there's a lot of descriptions of music as well as a lot of really interesting descriptions of magic and things. Um, it's really well done. I, I highly recommend it. It's a great fantasy, fantasy book series. Uh, the third book is not out yet, and I've been waiting for forever. Um, and I'm sure it will come out eventually. <laughs> um, perfect. Kirk, I realize we never introduced ourselves. Is that an important thing? Should we do that? This is the Psychology of Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor, and I am playing a hobbit halfling by the name of Uncle Blaze, who is a shifty business owner. Who are you, Berto? My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I play Ulian, who is a tall, blue-skinned um, dude. That um, he uh, He's a magician. He's a wizard. He's a badass wizard, and he's very erudite, very well-read, and loves to uh, find more knowledge in libraries and stuff. My name is Adam Davis. I am one of the executive directors of Game to Grow, and I am playing Gerkas, the golden dragonborn monk. Uh, my name gold. is... You're very gold. Yes. Uh, my, my name is Adam Johns, and I'm the other executive director of Game to Grow, uh, and I am the game master for this... Um, oh, man. Just a wild bunch of folks that we, that we have here. Um, and with that, why don't we jump into a recap? Kirk, what happened last time in our game of Dungeons & Dragons? So I, I was worried you were going to ask me that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, and I'm kind of confused. So <laughs> I, I'm going to defer to someone else, or even you, Adam, because obviously you know the story better than I do. I, I, think, I, would, I think I would butcher it, honestly. So I'll, I'll see if I can give a good overview, but we may need to, to remind ourselves of some details as we go along. Um, all three of you uh, had been invited to um, a friend's funeral. Um, his name is Thwar. Um, and uh, at, at Thwar's funeral, um, you uh, were under attack. You were given a, you were given a, a package um, to all three of you, even though you had never met each other. Um, but all of you knew Thwar, and we had established that. And at Thwar's funeral, you were attacked um, by some members of the Green Hand, a very famous assassin's guild, uh, who attacked you as well as Lily, the woman that is apparently Thwar's daughter, even though uh, you all had never had never met her before, um, and maybe you even weren't aware that Thwar had a daughter. Um, but as you 
uh, questioned her and defeated the opponents that were that were assailing you, uh, you got a chance to to realize that there's maybe a greater mystery going on here than just the the death of a friend, and so you started to investigate it. You examined the map, which turned out to be um, encrypted, and you went back to Thwar's uh, apparent site of his death, where he was burned. And you found that there was a secret compartment containing a key to a safe deposit box. And upon going to the bank and finally convincing them, uh, dressing up and convincing them that you were, were in fact Thwar and, and uh, can come in and investigate your own safe, de- safe deposit box, you found a bunch of random, seemingly random items uh, that didn't seem to uh, be worth much of anything, even though the safe deposit box itself was insured for a tremendous amount of money. Um, leaving there, you went uh, to your next apparent clue, which was an apartment key with an apartment address. Um, and apparently, Thwar was maintaining a double life uh, in this other apartment. And after making your way inside and uh, figuring out that the walls were covered in a um, light-up uh, material that lights up when it is dark, you realize there is a giant web of almost conspiracy that is that is happening uh, within uh, Thwar's investigation. Apparently Thwar was investigating something called the Book of Fate, uh, something that Ulian is is already somewhat familiar with. And in fact, all of you have had some inkling towards or some history of. Um, and discovering that, you discovered a few important details, um, only to find that the room immediately went up in flames. And uh, you had to escape the room using, strangely, one of the items that was left for you in the one of the very random items that was left for you in the safe deposit box, um, maybe indicating that that um, you were supposed to come here or find this find this place, um, and, and then forget, escaping downstairs from there, you you made your way down. Don't forget that we um, along the way, I found a a staff of ultimate destruction and two million gold. Oh, I didn't I didn't remember that. That's good. That's good to. Good to remember. Other than the part right after that where they were robbed from you. Oh, right. And you were beaten right. and left Shit. in that alley. That was really unfortunate. Uh, so close, really. <laughs> it's too bad you didn't use the staff. Uh, um, uh, there were a, a, lots of other key moments in, in all of that, uh, but we kind of uh, pick up there with our storyline. But actually, before we pick up there with our storyline, we're going to do a little bit of a flashback. Uh, each of you has had these experiences with Thwar as a character, and you have had these um, this history with him. Um, Ulian, uh, you had a, a history with Thwar where you met each other in a library, is that correct? That is, that is quite correct, yes. Um, Ulian, where was the library? Was it in the city here? Yeah, it was uh, one of the largest libraries in the city. Mm. Uh, but uh, I prefer this one, in fact, because uh, they have this little area towards the back where... Um, Old, dusty tomes are kept, and uh, I am left mostly alone when I'm researching in that area. And how long was it ago? I, I imagine it was uh, more than a year, maybe several years ago yeah, this, that you I were I believe it's been five research. years. Five years. Okay, perfect. Um, and, uh, and I imagine that you also spent um, uh, maybe more than one day uh, kind of doing research together with, with Thwar. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean yes, uh, I, I believe it was off and on. I, we spent a great deal of time talking over uh, tea, and uh, uh, he had a strange habit of not eating fish, which I found 
peculiar, scandalous even. Uh, and then, you know, I was always a little suspicious uh, that he might be trying to learn secrets that I had been uh, learning. And, uh, but over time, he seemed to, to really provide me with more information than I was, um, maybe I was providing. So I, I felt that he was being fair. Um, and, you know, let me tell you, too, about uh, the beautiful nature of uh, the relationship in those moments when we were just uh, sitting there and we would enjoy the, uh, the taste of uh, the teas and uh, we would examine each one of the passages. And would you like to hear some of these uh, passages? They, they would only take me a few hours to recite um, or Not at this can... time, Uli. Oh, okay, okay. per perhaps, right. perhaps in the future. Um, for the time being, uh, we will um, hop backwards in time to a scene where Ulian and Thwar are first meeting each other in the library. Ulian, you you have been in the library maybe for several days. I imagine you spend a lot of time in libraries, um, and you are researching something. What are you researching? Well, for a long time now, i say a couple of decades, I've been uh, interested in, in something uh, called, uh, by various names, one of them being uh, the Book of Fates. Um, originally, I came across it because there was a, an ancient sect uh, of, of my people that uh, believed in mm, some of these, what I would consider fairy tales mostly, uh, about the ability to control uh, aspects of reality uh, such as time and and what have you, um, but anyways, I found uh, a, a interest in it from an academic standpoint mostly um, a lot of I find that a lot of ancient book books are filled with um, mysticism and hearsay uh, I mostly don 't put too much stock in it if it 's not real magic that I can perform uh, something real, tangible, and obvious, like a fireball in your face, then um, it 's probably made up. But in this case, there was something that gave me pause because I kept seeing the same types of stories recurring across time in very different uh, tomes from different parts of the world and different cultures. That was intriguing. William, you, you're coming off of uh, yet another wholly unproductive conversation with, with one of the librarian staff. Um, who has just been not helpful in finding any real information about the, the fates or the book of fate. Um, and so you're, you're sort of sitting down with whatever books you managed to gather on your own after the librarian staff was, was just so unhelpful with it. Um, and a uh, sort of middle-aged halfling man uh, comes, comes walking up to you. Now, I'll remind the listening audience that I did not create Thwar's voice uh, that Kirk created Thor's voice <laughs> in a very, very early um, uh, wild card throw of jumping in and pretending to be Thor. So I apologize in advance uh, for what what this is about to be. Hello, how are you doing there? Uh, pardon me, I I I am trying to concentrate. Uh, please uh, go to a different section if you oh, if you might be so good. My, my apologies, I couldn't help but overhear everything that you were talking about with the librarian. Why were you overhearing anything of it? Well, it happens to be the case that I may be researching something that's somewhat similar to what you're you're looking into. <laughs> oh, really? And Indeed. what might that be? Well, I heard that you might be interested in the Fates, or Istis, or the Book of Fate. Who sent you here? 
Ah, no one sent me. I'm, I mean no harm. In fact, I think we may be of use to each other. I, too, have been researching the same things and have hit a bit of a brick wall, so to speak. Everyone hits a brick wall. This is beginning to believe it might be pointless. Um, but uh, listen, if you are looking for simple information about this topic, I'm not the right person. Uh, you could ask uh, perhaps the librarian who has been most um, helpful to me recently. Ha! Um, you are maybe a great researcher, but a terrible liar. Um, and uh, Thwar takes takes a stack of, of three books that uh, he has under his arm and sets them on the table. And you don't recognize any of them. Um, and as, as he sets them down, he says, um, the first one that I found that I think might be helpful is uh, Baron Walden's work on the subject. I don't know if you've read, it, read into it yet. You know... He thinks that he actually found some type of direction or a resting place for the book itself. Wait, wait, wait. You actually found the passage? No, I found a passage referencing it. Uh, largely, most of his writing is about himself. He was a little full of himself. Yes, but here, I am aware. And he opens up the book and, and, and scans to a spot. And he says, here he speaks about something that he thought was too powerful. Yes. And uses yes, yes, the yes. word fate as a part of it. Okay. This this is true. This is real. I, I, I have heard of this as well. Um, you may be onto something. Now, um, a little known fact, but the Baron actually was killed uh, deep in his bed. Uh, his last journal entry is, in fact, here. And, and he flips forward uh, and he says, uh, it's here that he says his, his one regret was that he didn't spend time with his daughter, which I don't think is actually very helpful. But right below it, he mentions that he had a gift for her, and he never got to spend it to her, give it to her. This is very, very intriguing. Now, what do you make of this statement right below it, this rosebud thing? I think that it may actually be in reference to a sledding dog that he had. Hmm, very intriguing. Well, I must say, this is actually valuable information. I am, I am impressed. Uh, I think there may be an opportunity for us to share some information with each other. This library may be pretty vast, and I think it does, in fact, have a lot to share if we can just find what we're looking for. Very well. I, I will agree to collaborate. Um, and uh, Thwar uh, holds out his hand to, to shake yours, um, and he says, My name is Thwar. My name is Ulian. Um, and then he, he says, do you fancy a bit of tea? Mm, tea. This is where you grab those little things and you put them in the water and they boil. Uh, and, and he, he kind of looks back and forth as if he's looking for the librarian. Um, and then he uh, leans back um, and he actually lifts up a floorboard. Um, and he reaches down and he's got a little thermos. Uh, underneath the floorboard, and he sets it on the table, and it's got um, a little pop-off top with two cups that kind of come off along with it, and he lo lowers the floorboard, and he goes, one of the things I love about this library is that there are so many nooks and crannies for you to hide stuff. No one would ever find anything here. Um, and then he, he uncorks the, the tea and pours you a little bit, um, and he says, um, don't tell the librarian, and he winks at you um, and passes you a cup. We're not, we're not supposed to be eating or drinking in the library. Um, he says, yes, but fruitful relationships require celebration. 
Mm. And it this is, is good. really delicious tea. This um, is quite delicious tea. Um, it's like a, a combination of a honey jasmine with maybe a hint of, of lemon or something something in there that's, that really gives it a tang. Actually, it Do doesn't... Do I detect it, citrica in here? Um, oh, yes! A good, good tongue. Mm. Uh, a little bit of spice, a little bit of um, citrus really pulls it together. Mm. I must take you to one of the best fish places in the area and we shall enjoy more tea and copious amounts of fish. That sounds like a great plan and a great way to end our day after we go and find some more information. Hmm. Very well. Um, and that's where we'll end our scene. You and Thwar spend some time together uh, finding more information about the Book of Fates and you do in fact find out quite a bit about them. Um, and a lot of the story that I shared in the previous podcast about uh, Istis and the Three Fates are all information that you gather, Ulian, as you're, as you're researching the Book of Fates. Except I got a little awkward when we went to the fish place because he, he neglected to tell me he didn't eat fish. And then I ordered all this fish and then he was, I was like, well, why are you not eating it? And he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little ill now. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to, to eat save, like double, to double the amount. Face. <laughs> you didn't ask him about the Muffin Man. <laughs> the Muffin Man? <laughs> the Muffin Man. <laughs> Not my gumdrop buttons! <laughs> there you go. Um, awesome. awesome. <laughs> so we join all of you uh, now, sort of having survived this fire... And you're in the area underneath um, the the apartment, literally directly underneath Thwar's uh, Thwar's fake persona apartment that is that is now up in flames. Uh, and you can hear the the um, fire brigade coming and and uh, um, hiking up the stairs and, and people shouting as they're they're trying to put out the fire. Um, but you have the opportunity to sort of do whatever you want or go wherever you want. Um, however, Lily turns to you and she looks very shaken up by by this whole thing. Um, and actually, I think she'll turn to uh, Blazonar um, and say, what, what, what do you make of all of this? I, I, I can't believe my father was living a double life, that he was, he was uh, some conspiracy. I, I didn't even have a chance to take everything in. I know this must be hard to, to see, but um, I knew Thwar well, and he had a lot of secrets. But know that he was a good man, and if he had secrets, there were, there were reasons Maybe he was trying to keep you safe. Um, she looks, she looks uh, still shaky. In fact, you can see her, her hands shaking quite a bit. And she says, I don't know how all of you have stayed calm through all of this. I mean, I want to find out what happened to my father, but I'm not used to being killed by other people or attempting to kill me or being lit on fire in, in inescapable rooms. This is uh, not, not the life of a museum curator. Yet all of these things have happened to you by now, and so you should be used to it. Huh. Well, I can see it doesn't affect you uh, nearly as much as it affects me. Uh, well, it affected me in the moment, but we're no longer in the moment, so I see no point in still, you know, pretending we're, um, we are in the moment. So, But aren't you terrified? We, we could have died up there. Uh, in fact, it's, it seems wholly improbable, impossible even, that you happen to have the one thing that escapes us from the room. We have many things uh, that were very likely put there on purpose, and uh, I believe we are now meant to follow some trail. So I don't know. I don't find it that 
surprising at all. How could my father possibly know that you needed to have that that door handle uh, in order to to investigate this? How could he know that the room was going to set ablaze? Um, I believe he had some hand in what's transpired. It is all very confusing to me too. I and I, I can't imagine Ulian if that uh, you have all the answers yet. There's a, a lot of question marks for sure. If there are question marks in fantasy world, then there are those. Um, but for sure, uh, I have not. I have not the answers beyond this point. But I know that there are questions that will need us to come up with answers. Yes. So uh, Ulian, where to next? It seems like all the evidence burned up in the room upstairs. I'm sure that there was a backup of evidence somewhere, I hope. We used up the doorknob, is this right? Uh, What else have we not used? Uh, Where shall we go? Hmm. I wrote Uh, a list of the things we have. Yeah, I have the list, too. We have tape measure. But quick question. Um, It's just to remember. We are... Like below, and it, there was like nothing, right? It was like white walls. And we yeah, it's just like, sort of an empty, yeah, empty yeah, yeah. room. Yeah. Um, and is it like stairs that keep going down, or is are we? Is there no exit here? No, there's there's a. It, it's like he bought the apartment below it, uh, and so then it's, it's made a apartment. set of stairs. Yeah, so it's its own so apartment. Like, there's an exit to this apartment. Yeah. Okay. So it's just the regular door out of the apartment. Okay. And, uh, and and. Uh, did anyone get a chance to see what was written on the walls? Because I remember seeing things such as, don't trust the Templars of fate. Do you know what the that is Templars good. of fate are? I mean, no, not really. Um, do you know I what mean, they are? I have heard of the term. Uh, they, they, uh, Yes, they are meant to be protectors of... Uh, the Book of Fate, uh, they, they're supposed to be quite a reputable branch, uh, but um, I don't know much beyond that. They are a very ancient, uh, probably not real sect. Um, that's all well, I know. It seems that um, my father was, was interested in it, um, or at least if it said that on the wall, perhaps he believes it to be real. Here's I was only taken about in the... by the large text on the wall saying there are no conspiracies. <laughs> right. Coincidences. Yes. There are no coincidences. No coincidences. Yes. It, your, your father tended to believe in uh, predestination and such <clears throat> nonsense. But look, uh, if there is one thing I know about the Book of Fate is that there are a lot, basically, for every mystery surrounding its origin and its uh, meaning there are hundreds of dead ends so i would just like to prepare ourselves for the possibility that this will lead in fact nowhere but that said uh perhaps there is something that didn't burn up after all there are things that are immune to fire maybe when they are done checking the room upstairs and putting out the flames we could sneak back up and see if there's anything left over uh, of a hint it's hard to imagine anything surviving that fire. Well, I suppose it's as good a plan as any. I'm not sure I'm cut out for this, though. Perhaps I should go back to work, throw myself into the museum for a little while. Um, I think that I, th- I think your father would like that. 
Would you be willing to drop by later? Let me know what you found. Uh, if we have the time. But who knows where the fates will take us. Wink. <laughs> um, she smiles a little at that. Uh, and, and she says, You know, I appreciate that Thwar knew all of you. Um, that seems a little silly to say, but after not speaking to him for so long, it's nice to have a little bit of connection. It's good to, le- it's good to learn that you existed. Um, it, it can, may I ask you, uh, what do you mean by connection exactly? The fact that we met or the fact that we had uh, the flames to share? Or do you mean I suppose something? I mean um, uh, a thread. You know, I mm. lost track of my I father see. and his interests. and You are and feeling some sort of emotional attachment to us now because of these situations. Okay, very well, I... I can understand that. Well, I, 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 I can see that... why Thwar liked you, Ulian. Oh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, awkwardness aside, um, I think I'll take my leave. Uh, come and see me at the museum when you have a chance. If you come from the back entrance, the guard should let you in. Uh, just let them know that I, I, uh, you're looking for me. That Will sounds do. like a plan. Um, and she she steps out of the room and kind of looks looks down the hallway and and makes her way to the stairs, which are being flooded right now with with people sort of uh, bucket brigading their their way up the up the stairs. And the fire brigade in the in the city is actually very efficient, and they've done they're doing a great job um, uh, putting out the fire. And they have a combination of uh, of some magical devices that that help them with that, but a, a largely just a, a coordinated effort from a lot of people. Um, so you don't think it'll be very long if you want to go and, and investigate the room afterwards. Uh, you don't think it'll uh, be too long before can you can I cast, um, what is it? Clairvoyance, is it? Oh, I'm out of, I think I'm out of slots for third level today. Um, detect thoughts is, I, I don't have any, like I'm trying to see if I could cast something to see if they're having any conversations up there, but I don't think I have anything. Um, I think you guys could you could probably overhear it if you went like up the stairs and sort of put your ear to the to the door. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's it's mostly sealed and and kind of fireproofed, um, but I think the the door and the floor really gives you an opportunity to to do that. Although Perhaps. you don't know whether or not they're going to find the door in the floor as they're it has a door, as they're door knob in it. It yeah. does still have the doorknob in it. Um, <laughs> Perhaps we should not be here in case they find the door leading down here. Um, I wonder if we could sneak our way and see if there is any information that we might learn from the uh, folk fighting the fire. Uh, do we have any other clues as to which way we should be going? It all Gerkes, seems like it, such a mess right now. Gerkus is trying everything... Every combination of the items. He's put the sailor hat on his head. He puts the duck on his head. He puts the hat on the duck. Uh, he's just <laughs> sort of iterating to try to see if there's any combination of things that causes any sort of reaction in the environment. It's full on escape room uh, duck and hat. No? Okay. Gierkus. Uh, measure the length of the hat. Uh, Gierkus, what, what on earth are you doing? There are no coincidences. Very well. What are you doing? You all are of putting these all these items things are yourself. here for a purpose. I don't believe the purpose. It is our responsibility them. to come up with the purpose of these items. 
Yes, very well. Okay, look, tape measure. I was hoping we could measure some of these lines that were on the wall. Uh, pocket watch. It doesn't wind. It's got a, a, a 246, it reads. That has to have some significance. The, uh, that might be a code or it might be a time at which something has to happen. What time is it right now? Can we Can tell I the time the, in this world? The sun, <laughs> the sun or anything? Run to the window and find out what um, time it is. Uh, good, it's good daytime. Um, I yeah, I think it's I think it's a little past. I think it's a little past noon, but I don't think it's two forty six. Are we eating lunch? Uh, no. Then it is morning. It's lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps no, something you is are meant hungry. to happen. Perhaps something is meant to happen at two forty six. Although who knows what day? Maybe it might be today, and who knows where. Um, the ugly crumpled hat is certainly something for Gergas to wear. I have to agree <laughs> with that. Um, the yellow duckling that squeaks seems more annoying than anything else. A makeup mirror. Yeah, I must say, I am at a loss for some of these items. However, the hourglass filled with black sand could be interesting. In fact, we could time to see how long it is. Uh, that might help us with the other uh, time that we have, the 2.46. Um, screwdriver, I don't know. And we know what the apartment key was. That opened up the apartment that burned. Uh, we also know what the piece of paper with the insurance policy was. So that leaves us with a few additional items which we do not know their significance. Um, I'll also point out, just to, to recap your whole list of items, you also have the map and the original note that was given to you along with the map. And although you don't have it, the ring was also given to you. Well, it wasn't given to you, it was given to, to Lily, but she, she has the ring. Um, just as a the reminder map. of items that, that are there. Who has the map? I believe I have the map. I pull out the map. Um, the map is as it was. Um, it is still encrypted. It still has a winding trail that seems to to point to um, maybe uh, uh, what are we, landmarks, uh, but it's sort of unclear what the landmarks are without being able to read the script. Um, and the script still appears to be written in uh, a combination of several different languages um, as if it was a code. Right. Hmm. And you've been told by Lily that it is apparently a book code. Does the tape measure? Did we try the tape measure at all? May I see the tape measure? It is 3.5 feet is as long as the tape measure measures. Yes, but it appears to have more inside, like it gets stuck at 3.5 feet. That could have some significance as well. What does the like note the say? Um, oh, the, note. The, the note just said that was the um, one that had the uh, the number of the yeah the safe deposit box and the name of the bank and the name of the bank right yeah um, which was oh, I'm having trouble finding it that's fine uh, Adam it was the bank from your game so Ulian well, uh, can you de- can you decipher this map at all because obviously. That is, I think, where we should be going. We might need to look for a book to help us do so. I can't understand it just by 
looking at it. I do wonder if it looks different in a mirror. Hand me that mirror, please. I look at the map in the mirror. Do I notice anything? Um, great idea. As you look at the map in the mirror, um, all of the symbols that appear to be representing letters actually seem to be numbers. Oh, what numbers are they? Well, um, in a book cipher, a number refers to the um, it refers to the the um, page, the paragraph, and the the letter of of within the the thing. So it would be like the first page would be one, uh, the paragraph would be the the um, uh, how many paragraphs down, and then the letter would be the number of characters in from the from the letter, uh, something like that. Um, so now everything that that did look like words now looks like numbers, um, probably indicating what the book cipher actually has to be. Ah, now I'm seeing. We must find Cessinar's 101 ways to make eel. That is our book cipher. Mm. That is our book cipher. Mm. That is a great idea for many reasons. We shall do this. Um, let's go head to the library then. Um, I'll, I'll give you one last thing with the uh, mirror, um, which is that um, everything turns to numbers when you look through through the mirror, except for. Um, Four letters, which are all written in different languages. And I'll, I'll toss you, because you had used com Comprehend Languages before, um, I'll, I'll give you a free one on Comprehend Languages on this. Uh, the four letters, once you use Comprehend Languages, are toes. Like uh, toes -E and foot toes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this says toes. Well, I hope someone's not going to have to sacrifice any toes, because I like mine. They're hairy, but they're good. Hmm. <laughs> so, off to the library, eh? And learning how to make eel. What do you say, the two of you? I, Who wants I to think learn how to make eel? I, I, I know how to make eel. I would love a refresher on new recipes, but I still I have a feeling that if we could just... Maybe we could come back later and see if there was anything left over in the fire. Maybe. But I think we're on a hot trail for All eel right. and map. Let's do it. Um, you make your way over to the library. Um, Uli and I'm assuming that you take them to the best library, which is the one that you used to do all of your research in. Um, it is the largest library. Um, it's actually a part of the school, one of the magic schools here. Um, this particular library is well-known throughout uh, a lot of the, the world, a lot of the, the land that you're in, um, whose name I... Had forgotten <laughs> the name of the town. Retcraw, the the name of the continent. Oh, kingdom um, of Retcraw. Um, so this library is actually really well known for being one of the most extensive uh, libraries, especially for old books. Um, and that was one of the things that appealed to Ulian in the in the first place about investigating this library. Um, as you make your way over there, it is sort of across town, so it is close to the evening by the time you manage to, to get over there. Um, Gerkes, I imagine you stop for, for some food on the way. Um, yes. What would you get? I would get some street meat. More street meat? I More assume not snakes this time. Not snakes. I've had snakes. I'm, I'm on a, a journey of new experiences. Gerkes, I assume you would love to go back to the snake place. Ah, the snakes were fine. I'm, I'm interested in trying new and exotic things from your land. Hmm. Very well. Let's see if we can find some. 
Well, Lynn, you uh, are very always hungry, so let's let's go. <laughs> you're very familiar with the town. What would you what would you want to pick out? Oh, we go to this little place that has. Um, it's actually like it doesn't look good <laughs> um, because on the outside they're actually selling. They don't sell food on the outside. They sell used clothing, and it's like used, like very used clothing, like adventurers used it. <laughs> So it's like really smelly and like they, I don't think they've washed it mm, but they're selling it. I like this place. And then they're through the like little clothes on on hooks and things. You can kind of slink your way in which is hard for me because I'm a little tall. And they have just a little fry cook sitting there frying stuff up and almost catching like catching fire like the clothes are constantly almost catching fire. <laughs> How authentic. Um, and it's super oily looking and very like smoky and all these things. But I, I guarantee the taste makes up for the squalor. Mm. Uh, I like the idea that the fry cook is a small race, like a gnome, maybe uh, that's been that's been cooking sure. up cooking up a storm. Oh, maybe like a goblin or a kobold or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, uh, who's who's cooking up a storm in there and watching you, big folk, come come your way into the into the thing? All the chairs are are much better sized for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, Blazing art, um, and they, they don't really fit Ulian and, we're, and we're crouching, much. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's delicious. Uh, he cooks up a really really good fried rat. Mmm. <laughs> he says the the secret is you got to get it uh, so that the rat tail is really stiff. And that way you can use that as the as the way to. It's to like fry a built-in stick. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's how you really get it going. <laughs> you are strange first, cultures I, I in your land, Ulian. Yes, I, at first I didn't dare to imagine eating it, but oh, once I had a taste, I come here often. It is very good. <laughs> um, with stomachs full uh, of delicious fried rat, uh, you are able to make your way over to the library. Uh, this library is very old. Um, as I said, it was. it's actually run by the school, by one of the magic schools here in town. Uh, and as you make your way up towards the, the library, you realize it's, it's getting close to the evening, uh, and you're probably towards the end of the library being open. Uh, this is probably the, the tail end, like you've got another um, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that of, of the library being open. Uh, as you make your way in, uh, you're all greeted with a pretty strange sight. Um, Ulian, you're used to this, um, but Gierkas and uh, and Blazonar, uh, you can see that the head librarian who's sort of sitting at the front desk is a Medusa. Um, uh, full on, she has snakes for hair, uh, she has a full full snake tail, uh, she is sitting there in classic librarian uh, button-up button up clothing uh, and glasses that she has on, and she's sort of looking down at the books and stamping books as you as you walk up uh toward do, her. do i know her name i'm assuming yeah i think you do um uh i want to say oh actually uh kirk do we have any uh listener names uh no not off the top of my head okay i mean i can make one up i mean i know a lot of listeners <laughs> no we'll do we'll do uh uh oh actually I have, a, I have a good name for it uh marion marion you know that her name is marion so as we're walking up i say Marion, your hair looks delicious as always. Um, she she looks up uh, uh, over her like glasses, kind of sitting sitting on her nose. Uh, she looks up at you and then she rolls her eyes at, <laughs> at, at you. She's had lots of interactions with you, Lillian. Uh And she says, 
Um, Ulian, if you're going to make another stack of books at the end of the table, I would appreciate it if you would at least put them on the return cart. Oh, yes, of course. I, I believe I always do. Uh, she ro- rolls her eyes a- again, and she says, What can I help you with? The library is only open for another twenty or f- uh, 15 or 20 minutes. I'm, I'm shielding... Blazonar is shielding his eyes with his cloak. He's, he's <laughs> looking down at the ground. This is not a problem. Uh, we just need a book about uh, eel recipes. Uh, what is the name of it again? Sensonar's uh, 121. Sensonar's 121 eel recipes? Yes. Haven't you checked that one out already? Not that one. No, I don't believe so. Did I? Maybe I did. I checked a lot of books out. She she turns and she she pulls out a catalog, um, and she flips through it, uh, and she uh, as she does so she she pulls up a card and then she says, "I'm sorry, but it's been checked out." To me, I uh, no. Oh. Uh, to somebody named uh, Thwar. Of course. Uh, but he is overdue. He checked it out five years ago. His overdue fees will be tremendous. I if you know him, I suggest that you encourage him to return the books so that he can avoid the overdraft fees. Hmm. Yes, very well. So, uh, out of game, in my notes I have book name. Does that mean that I saw a book in the apartment? Or that I saw a... That you saw this book in the apartment? Yeah. No, you did, did not see this book in the apartment. I just saw, like, the name of a book written on the side of the, on the wall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, very well. So now we need to... Oh, thank you very much. Uh, when, you've when, been very when did he? When did he check it out, ma'am? Five, five years ago. And also, that's privileged information. Uh, yes, we have I not shouldn't heard. have told you that at all. Yes, uh, I'm not allowed you. to tell you the checkout, the checkout policies of other people. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, again, thank you for your help. Um, uh, and this was the only copy you possess? Uh, yes. Uh, it wasn't a very popular book. Uh, very well. Not many people like eel. Oh, what is that supposed to mean? Um, she kind of rolls her eyes, and then she leans forward towards you, and she says, they look like snakes. And all of her uh, snake, snake hair all turn towards you and hiss uh, at you uh, all at once. I, um, I, I run out of the room. <laughs> I inappropriately, <laughs> um, Ulian inappropriately licks his lips with the, when he sees the snakes all staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, runs out of the room as well. Is that sexual? She, What's happening? She, no, she he loves back. snakes. That's his favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> she leans back and she continues stamping and she says, uh, I'll remind you that it's quiet in the library unless you want to become an exhibit. Uh, yes, very well. We are leaving. Um, you, uh, do you want to still uh, look in the library? You actually know where the book would be if it was, if it was uh, available. Um, yeah, actually. Okay, so, uh, hold on, hold on, Blazenau. Give me five minutes. There is a chance, perhaps, he did bring it back, and listen, she is getting on in years, and perhaps she doesn't keep the best records sometimes. After all, she believes, uh, I don't stack my books properly and whatnot, which is preposterous. So, please, give me five minutes. Okay. I dash in and go and try to find the book. Um, perfect. Uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. And what are the two of you doing while this is going on? Are you waiting outside the library? 
Yes. Or, I don't or do wanna you want to? There's lots of rooms in the library, so you you could no, have I run away. Be, from, I don't want to be anywhere near that Medusa. That's crazy talk. Oh, okay. Twenty. Not natural, but twenty. Um, awesome. Uh, you managed to find your way towards the section of the library with this this um, recipe book. Can you give me the name of the book again? I need to write it down. Cessinar's 101 Ways to Make Eel. Um, you managed to find the, the cooking location uh, in the library uh, that has this, where the book is supposed to be. Um, and as you're scanning through the shelves and kind of looking over everything at Ulian, you do, in, fi- in fact, find a blank spot where this book should be should be filed. The book is indeed missing. But something catches your eye. Uh, with your 20, you're, you, you notice um, that there are statues throughout the library. There's actually a lot of stories about the statues throughout the library, um, that many of them used to be librarian patrons, and uh, until the, the head librarian got upset with them. Uh, for being too loud or for bringing in food and drink. Um, so uh, there's, there's oh, so statues. They really were patrons yeah. of the... Oh, my God. So, so, supposedly. It's all rumors. I Nobody's see. ever, ever like, tried to bring that to, <laughs> to the head librarian and, and really ask. Uh, but you've heard all those same rumors just like everyone else has. Um, but the statue here is not a person, but is, in fact, um, a strange statue of a duck kind of up on a pedestal. Oh. Interesting. And is um, it, is it small statue or a big statue? Like something uh, I could grab? It's no. It's it's pretty large actually. I, I would say it's like like um, two or three times the size of an actual duck. Uh, like somebody carved like a really gigantic oh. duck statue. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Um, but they're almost closed, right? They are almost closed. Okay. Uh, while so this is I, going on, uh, I'm gonna have Gierkas and. Uh, and Blazonar both roll me perception checks. Uh, Gerkas is in the travel section of the library. Oh, okay. Uh, Gerkas, you're you're checking yes. out some travel guides. Looking at picture books and maps, like those kinds of travel books that really don't say a lot. They just have like pictures of landscapes and <laughs> yeah, yeah, make you want to go places. Yeah, the, those are the books he's looking at. Things I could burn. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what was that check? A perception check. Uh, actually, Did since it? you are in the, the travel book section, why don't you roll me an investigation check? And Blaze and investigation. Arnie roll me a uh, perception check. I got a no. 16. Okay. My investigation is minus one and my perception is plus five. I got a six. Uh, a six. Um, Gierkas, what do you find in the travel section that looks interesting to you? Um, I actually find I, – I, I don't find the, uh, the book about um, 121 ways to make eel, but I do find a book about different – uh, like excursions you can go on to go on eel uh, fishing expeditions. <laughs> I love it. Um, some beautiful looking lakes from the mm. from the uh, uh, drawings that they have there. Um, awesome, uh, Blazonar. Uh, as you are outside, um, you see that there are several people all coming into the library. Most of the people are sort of leaving the library and you're sort of waiting outside. But there are several people that are coming into the library uh, that are um, uh, stepping in and they're wearing kind of long robes. Uh, and they all look like they're wearing matching robes. They kind of look like uh, priests, maybe. 
Um, and as they're as they're coming into the library, they're all they're all wearing matching stuff. Um, but the thing that really sets sets you off and makes you a little bit suspicious is both they're coming in at the end of the day, and they um, are wearing uh, clearly wearing. You hear the the chink of chainmail underneath their robes. It's a trap. <laughs> I, it's a trap. <laughs> I try. Can I do a? Um, I don't know. Another check, investigation check to see if I can detect if they're trying to hide something or if they're trying to act natural. Sure. Uh, give me give me an insight check for that. A uh, seven. A seven. Okay. Um, you can't really tell. You can tell they know each other. Uh, they're walking like close enough to each other that clearly I definitely they're, heard they're traveling armor, together. And it's definitely under a robe. Yeah, I mean, you you heard something, and they're clearly wearing robes on top of it. It's not uncommon for for like clerics to wear chainmail uh, while they're out adventuring and wear robes on top of it. But we so, also know that this is a very dangerous situation we found ourselves right. in. Uh, so if this were just a regular day, regular ordinary day, and you were walking around and you saw some people dressed, you know, priests that happen to be wearing chainmail under their armor, you might not think anything of it. Uh, but given the circumstances and some of the strange stuff that's been going on, it it gives you a little pause. Okay, I want to do, uh, I think I have this thing where I can I can do Mage Hand from afar, and, right, or is, I can do Mage Hand, I'm looking at, yeah, Mage Hand Ledger Domain. Mm. How do you pronounce that? Ledger, Ledger Domain, is that how you pronounce it? When you cast uh, Mage Hand, you can, uh, Spectre Hand Invisible, and use to do things and so slide a hand i want to so i it's essentially my hand as as a as a far and it's a it's a cantrip mm-hmm. and i want to um i want to cause the the robe to either fall off or like be billowed out so i can sort of see what's going on underneath you you got to pull up the back of the robe or something <laughs> and yeah well uh, my my hope i want to see but i also two birds with one stone i want them to be derobed, so I see how they react. Because if if they react like they try to cover themselves up, then I know that they're trying to hide something. So I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think if you want to do it subtly in a way where they like don't know that somebody did that to them, uh, you won't be able to like fully derobe them. But I think you could totally like make it billow up suddenly and and get a glimpse for what's underneath, um, and and see how they react to that at least. Okay, I'll do that. So the lead one walking in the front, I'll have it billow up, and the other guys can see it billowing. Um, the the lead one walking walking up in the front, the, the robe sort of billow, billows up, and you get a glimpse of uh, very shiny, very well-maintained full plate mail. Um, so he's not wearing chain. He's wearing full plate, which isn't making the same uh, noises, probably because it's so well-maintained. Um, and so... Uh, and And you get a... A glimpse of some of the um, uh, symbols that are sort of etched into parts of the full plate mail and the the coloring on it, um, and they are the same symbol of Istis that you remember seeing on the key that was once in your warehouse that was stolen. Oh, so they are of the Book of Fate, perhaps the Templars of Fate. Um, there is some indication of that. Okay. Um, um, while this is going on, okay. Ulian. Yes. Um, okay, so I think what I'm what I'm gonna do because when I see the duck statue, I start thinking, oh wait a minute, we have a yellow duckling, and we have this statue, 
And then I start thinking, oh, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something hidden in the statue. So I want to go back and get the guys and tell them, hey, I think we got to like sneak in here when they close or stay behind. Maybe I can hide myself or whatever. Um, oh, in fact, yeah, that maybe that's what I do. I actually, I want to, I want to make myself um, invisible. Uh, is that what I have? This guy's self, no. So um, this is the same day. The, everything we, invisibility. Day. we haven't rested. It's a long yet. day. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can do invisibility. I can cast invisibility, which is I have two second level slots left. Um, right? And I can do it on myself, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. You, so I want to do that. So you have to touch yourself, Umberto. Oh, I'm going to have to touch <laughs> myself. Okay. Yeah. So I ask everyone around me to turn around. And then I'm going <laughs> to do this um, because then I'm going to go and like find these guys and be like, hey, psst. Don't, don't freak out. It's me. I'm Olian. Blah, blah, blah. But because my plan is I want to stay behind while they close. Now, I don't know about these other guys and stuff like that, but my plan is I want to stay, stay behind because I'm going to try to, like, see what's up with this statue. Now, can I cast invisibility on the three of us? No, because they're not around me. So I'm just going to cast myself invisible. You can only have okay. one target invisible at a time. Okay. Although, so I'm going to actually... touch myself, cast invisible, and then go try to find these guys. Oh, I apologize. Uh, if you use the spell slot of third level or higher, you can target an additional creature for each spell slot above second level. I don't have any third uh, level slots left right now. Gotcha. So you're, you're so, going to make your way outside um, and find... Uh, um, well, you find... But I'm, uh, I'm going to turn invisible first. You're going to turn invisible first before going outside. Yeah. Okay. It lasts up to an hour, so you can totally do that. And you can talk while like, you're invisible without breaking the invisibility. Um, but if you try to cast a spell or if you take any damage while you're invisible, then it'll, it'll undo the invisibility, just so you know. Okay. So um, or you cast invisibility, which is like I do this thing with my hands where I grab my hands, lift them up, and then lower both of them down together right below my belt. And I go, disappear. And then I'm invisible. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and then you, you, you vanish from, from sex. Uh, you are you are indeed invisible. Okay, and then I'm, I'm going to go try to find them. I'm uh, assuming okay. they're just outside, like where they where I left them. Kierkegaard, you haven't had a whole lot of uh, luck with your eel eel expedition, uh, and so you you've managed to find some really spectacular eel fishing spots. Um, but what do you want to do from there? Are you going to also head back outside, or are you going to go looking for Ulian? Um, I'll look for Ulian because I know I know that. Uh, Uncle Blaze is outside, and I know that Ulian is in the library somewhere, so I'm going to go looking for him. Um, okay. Are we going to um, intersect? You do not intersect. Uh, Ulian, you make your way outside, and you find Uncle Blaze, who is hanging out outside. Uncle Blaze, the, the, the people, maybe the Templars of Fate, uh, made their way inside toward the, um, uh, toward the front desk, uh, and, uh, uh, sort of looking at each other, they don't really talk to the to Marion. Uh, instead, they kind of look look at each other and wh- seem to whisper something to each other, and then they they um, start marching off into a different direction of the of the library. Um, what? But Ulian, you're making your way back outside. Um, you also don't see these Templars of Fate as you make their way as you're sort of passing from different passages throughout the okay. library. Um, it's a large enough library that it's very easy to, to not see. And Blazenar so, doesn't so see me approaching. Yeah, I'm worried Correct. about my my compatriots, so I cast Cantrip Minor Illusion 
which I can make a sound, and I and I do it uh, thirty feet into the library, like away from me. I'm sort of like outside the library, casting inside, and I say, um, "What do I say?" Um, looking at my notes here. Look, it's the Beatles. <laughs> um, hmm. I say. Uh, I say in a voice that's not mine. I say, "It's time to make eel later." <laughs> Is it pretty loud? Yeah, I say it pretty loud, but as if some random person in the library just just got really loud. Yeah, just just said the statements like randomly in the corner. Um, the the four priests all turn turn and face the the loud sound that just came from that direction. Uh, and you watch as the librarian and all of her hair all turn and, and uh, hiss uh, as she shushes uh, in, in that direction. Uh, and they all, all, all the four people all sort of look very confused, um, but then kind of turn and keep walking the other way. Uh, Lillian, you're, this happens like right as you are, are coming into the, to the area. So you miss the, the four Templars, but you hear the noise. But I hear the uh, thing. And then you walk into and the area. And I can yeah. see Blazonar? Uh, yes, you can see Blazonar okay. hanging out outside. So I can see that he's casting this, presumably, and I'm like, right? I think you can okay. put it together, yeah. So I, I think I think I probably all of a sudden think, uh oh, what's going on? Because like, so I I kind of rush up to him and I'm, I'm like, Blazonar, don't freak out. Jesus it Christ! Is it's a come by the gods. I'm invisible. It's never, <laughs> never sneak up on an old man. Never sneak up on an old man. <laughs> Oh, I, I apologize. God, what, you, what? you look much younger than your ears. But uh, listen, I found a large uh, duck thing. But what's happening out here? Why did you make that sound? The Templars of Fate have found us. We must leave immediately. Did you find the book? We, we can't leave. The book is... I have a feeling. Either the book or they something have, is in a duck have, statue. They have gleaming uh, armor and they're, they look powerful. We should go. Oh. <sighs> What if I go and try to move the statue? It's very large. The though. statue will be here tomorrow. <sighs> but they find, might take whatever find, was where, in the statue. Find the dragon man and let's go. Oh, very well. Okay, so at this point, I rush back in trying to find um, uh, Gerkas. 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 You are wandering through the the sort of halls of the of the um, the whole library. It's a gigantic um, library, you said. So this is a foolish thing for us to do to not have like a meetup spot. Oh yeah, lesson lesson learned. <laughs> um, this is like going let's to Disneyland. Let's split up like, and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You guys needed to bring your walkie-talkies. The classic Scooby Doo strategy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Gergis, you're sort of going through, uh, and you tried shouting Ulian once or twice, only to be met with, with fearsome hisses and shushes uh, from the librarian. Do I hear so, the shouts? Uh, yeah, I think you do. Right. I mean, Gergis okay. actually isn't far off from the, okay. from the section that but you... But Gergis would have heard in. my signal. I mean, did he make anything of it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, you're right. I think Gergis would have, would have heard that. But I think he made his way back, t- further back in the library. So, Gergis, you hear the... <laughs> You hear the sound of somebody shouting, um, and you it's can start to make your way toward, later. toward that direction as well. <laughs> All right, I'm still, 
uh, gonna try to keep my eye out for for Ulian as I walk towards the front because I don't I don't know that he's also leaving. So I'll I'll keep my eye out for Ulian as I'm looking around. So I'm like my keen eyes looking around the library. Um, you do in fact also uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Now we're talking. And- and while you're while you're perceiving, you do in fact notice these priests that seem to be headed sort of uh, facing you, and they 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 sort of watch you as you're as you're walking by, and they're wearing robes that cover their cover their heads. Uh, you can kind of see their faces, but it's under shadow. Uh, but they're they're definitely like watching you as you as you walk by, and you can see some of them are like interested in you by by the looks oh, on their faces. I'll I'll kind of flex my muscles a little bit as I walk past them. Remember, I tore my sleeves off, so I'm showing them the biceps. <laughs> Walking past, I got a fourteen on my perception check. Uh, okay, I think that's good enough, Gerkus. You spent a whole bunch of time fiddling with the items. I think you also see the duck statue uh, as you're walking past. It's down one of one of the hallways f- filled with books uh, and sort of at a dead end uh, of, of bookshelves. But you see Do that as you're walking. Know by. who has the items? You have you have the items because you gave me the when I asked for the. I have the map, but you had the rest of the items because you were, like, fiddling with them. And then when I asked for the uh, whatever it was I asked for earlier, you gave it to me. Squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> Do you squeak the, the duck? I'm going to squeak the duck at the duck statue. This is, it's, it's, it's one-to-one. Duck plus duck equals two ducks. Um, at this point, the four, the four people have all already walked past, uh, and you go down the, the hallway and you squeak the duck at the duck statue. Um, and, and you're, uh, give, me a, give me a squeak, Adam. Um, and the duck statue really surprisingly squeaks back I'm reminded of deliverance (laughs) oh no (laughs) if only I was still Uh, playing a bard I'd play the banjo for you am I (laughs) catching up with him yet Uh, you're headed in that direction Uh, the librarian says two minutes to close Ulian uh, Wait, she you, doesn't see me. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. You, yeah. She can't see you. Uh, you're you're totally invisible. You're, you're making your way back towards uh, towards where uh, you heard Gerkus shouting shouting your name. Blazonar, are you still waiting outside? Yeah, I say, I say, Ulian, uh, go find the the dragon man. Ulian's yeah. not there anymore. You're just I know. He didn't tell me he left. <laughs> he doesn't so, know. He never communicated. I'm sorry, I'm still talking to the air. It's perfect. Um, I imagine you're like having like a long conversation yeah. with Uli. Yeah. I, I open up to him you left? for the yeah. first time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're, you're a really good listener. <laughs> um, you're not so stuck up when you're listening. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Gearcus, there was one fewer squeak than the number of squeaks that you did. Um, I so you did four, s- it did three. I will squeak for two minutes and uh, 46 seconds. <laughs> You're just standing there yeah. squeaking the thing. Try me. Um, the instant, the Intelligence instant you, is not my strong suit. <laughs> the instant that you squeak uh, more than two or three times, it starts squeaking back at you uh, at a very similar rate of squeaking. So now it's just you squeaking at this bird, at this duck statue while and the duck statue is squeaking back at you. Mm. Um, for, for Have a, I arrived yet? Incessantly long time. I yes, Uli and you hammer you the are, rock are coming the in. The speaks are quiet Gerkes. enough that that um, doesn't seem to bother the library. Gerkes, it's Ulian. Gerkes, Gerkes, Gerkes. 
We will get your name correct later. I'm invisible. I'm standing next to you. You need to stop with the stupid squeaking. I figured it out. I squeak, it squeaks. You are brilliant. But listen to me, there are 30 bad... seconds in, I've got two minutes and oh my 16 I seconds left. Leave you here. There are <laughs> bad men here with full plate armor. They're after something, probably this, probably us. We need to go now. But wait a minute, what did you just say? It squeaked back? Yes. You can hear it, he's still squeaking the... Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, stop, You can stop, hear the duck stop, statue squeaking stop, back at you. Stop it. Uh, the duck statue squeaks... Just a couple extra times after after Gary right. stops. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, now I have to start over. About okay. About two or three squeaks <laughs> can, in, can the we... statue joins in with the squeaking. So, <laughs> so let me ask you: Is this yeah. okay? Okay, I, I knock on the thing really quickly. I want to hear to see if it's hollow. Oh, the duck statue. The statue, yes. Uh, yeah. Interesting question. Um, you knock at several place, places around. The duck statue is actually on like a big stone pedestal. Uh-huh. Um, and so you knock on the duck statue, it definitely seems like it's made of solid stone. Uh, okay. But the pedestal sounds like uh-huh. it may it may be hollow, although surrounded by like a whole lot of stone. Like it's clearly stone, but uh, it sounds like it Gierkes, may be Gierkes, Oh, Gierkes, Gierkes. Uh, would you that mind was breaking, oh, thank you, breaking this, there's something in there. And I point to the place that sounded hollow. You're invisible. He can't see you point. <laughs> I know. Where, I know. Julian? The, right there. Just right there. The duck statue? No, no. Oh, right. Here, give me your hand. And I grab his hand and I point it at where I'm pointing. Um, it is uh, right near the uh, front of the duck's feet. It's like right at the very top of the pedestal, right, is, right at the duck's feet. Um... I am new to this land, but I think destroying this statue may get us kicked out of this library. We're going to get kicked out anyways, or murdered, or worse. Just hit it. All right. Uh, Gierkes, full on, give, me, give me an attack roll. <laughs> full on uh, punch, just one-handed, full reel back, get the hips into it, get the shoulders into it, jab down at this uh, really nice uh, punch. I got an 18. Uh, awesome. Uh, with an 18, you uh, punch and you hit stone, followed by wood planks that cripple under your blow. Um, and, uh, and you have punched a hole uh, sort of right underneath the duck's feet. Uh, the the um, duck's feet kind of webbing right over the edge of the pedestal, and you've punched a hole right underneath there. Um, and there is no mistaking that sound. It is a smashing sound that echoes through the library. And the librarian actually stands up this time uh, oh God, and shushes. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and there's a hissing shush uh, that also fills the library with an equally loud hissing sh- shush noise. And she looks very angry. Uh, but she waits a minute. Um, and then sits back down uh, after there doesn't seem to be any following up noise. However, Blazonar, you definitely hear this noise. And uh, I we try s- to sneak my way in the from the side towards where the noise is. I try to stealth my way. Um, as you pass by the the librarian, she says, um, "One minute till close." She doesn't even look at you. Uh, she just says, "One minute till close." Um, uh, I'm trying to hide I, in case the Templar come around the corner. Totally. Uh, go ahead and oh. give me a stealth check. Uh, 16 or 19. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, do we see anything in the hole? Yes. Um, 
uh, Ulian and uh, Gerkas, as you've punched a hole in this, um, you find two things. The first one is a book. Um, it is, in fact, uh, the book that you thought it would be. Um, which, I, uh, which is uh, Sessanar's 101 Ways to Make Eel. Um, and you find a second book. Um, the second book is called The Key to Mastering Poetry. Okay, so one one quick thing. As we're reaching in for the books, um, uh, Gurkas's hand is in there, but my hand's reaching in too. All of a sudden, Gurkas, you feel a little... Gerkas. Gerkas. You feel a little, like, wet, like, spot, like something fall on your arm, like it's raining or something. Ew. And I'm I'm like, apologies, I just can't wait to try these recipes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you really just have to pick the lesser of several evils as to what that fluid was. Uh, I think I need some personal space, Julian. Yeah. Did they have Purell back then? We are too close. (laughs) He just drooled a little bit. This is uncomfortable. (laughs) All right. Um, Blazonar, as you're sort of nearing the area where they are at, um, you are keeping your distance, um, kind of going around the outside. Uh, but you can see that the two of them are standing around the, the statue and the pedestal, and they seem to be reaching into a hole that, that they've clearly made. Uh, but um, well, I don't see the invisible Ulian, right? Oh, I guess that's true. Uh, you see, you see uh, Gerkas. You see uh, Gerkas with a, with a look on his face because he just got yeah. <laughs> drooled on by an invisible man. Yeah. Um, but you also I see, see... Gerkas disinfecting his arm with his own <laughs> dragon breath. Um, you also see the four uh, priests uh, oh. who are surrounding the outside of that bookshelf. So it's it's sort of a long, narrow bookshelf, dead ending against a wall, um, and they're at the very end of the dead end, which is where the statue is. Uh, but the the priests are all sort of gathering around the outside of the of the bookshelf, and they're all motioning to each other quietly. Um, yeah. But you are outside of all of that, so you can see you can see this from. From further away, you can see what's happening. Right. Uh, but Gerkas and and if Ulian is there but invisible, uh, you suspect they probably don't know. They wouldn't be able to see the priest from where they are. So um, I cast Friends, <laughs> which is another cantrip, uh, at at one creature of your choice at the at the um, you know the closest robed fella to me. Okay. And what does friends it's, do? Uh, just gives me advan- advantage on charisma checks. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no save. Cool. Uh, when the spell ends, the creature realizes that you use the and you, and will become hostile towards you, but they're going to be hostile anyway. Um, and so I cast, and then I, and then I say, um, so remind me, what would my character know about the Templars of Fate? You know only what um, I guess. Uh, um, Ulian has told you, yeah, that they um, which were is the... mythical pro- protectors of the book. They might not really exist, but they're from a long time ago, and and yeah, okay. Um, from from what you, I guess, from what you understand, uh, they they protected the books. They're they're followers of Istis, but they're a specific sort of subset that was the secret organization that was dedicated to. Uh, protecting the book or returning the book, their their goal is a little un- unclear. You know what with them being a secret organization. Okay. Um, 
I so I cast on that guy and then I say um I I say to him through a I guess a deception check I say um I I kind of walk up to him and tap him on his on his like his his waist because he's so tall and I, <laughs> I, I say sir 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 I, I I believe that some scary uh, suspicious looking men just just ran out of the library with the book of fate <laughs> <laughs> that's right. bold so I get <laughs> bold. bold yeah Go ahead. Give me that. Give me that deception check. Uh, With right. advantage, I guess. Right. Twenty-four. <laughs> oh um. wow! Alrighty. Um, all right. The the one that you've you've tapped on the shoulder uh, um, turns around to to you um, and looks very confused. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really have I really don't know how to respond to this uh, looks very confused uh, and then uh, uh, whispers um, thank you for your help old man you should get out of here before things get, get nasty and then nods to one of the other people and they uh, two of them take off uh, out of the library okay um, nice at a run, although a surprisingly quiet run, especially given that you know that they're wearing heavy armor. Okay. Wow. So I turn around. I follow his direction. I, I, you know, feign obedience, and I run around the aisle, but I come back on the other side of the of the book aisle, but I'm trying to hide as I'm doing that. Did, did we okay. hear this, I'm assuming? Did we see this or hear this? Yeah, I, I tried to say uh, it loudly. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, so you heard okay. a voice. Um, so now we have like, like these books in our but... hands. We have these books in our hands, and we're like, "Oh, right," because like we've seen, we see him, and we see him like telling them. He was he was outside of the. You oh, couldn't see uh, us from you where you were. We just heard. Yeah. We just but heard you definitely us. heard it. Yeah. Okay. Gerkus is now going to turn to Uli and say, "The time for making eel is later." Oh, question. <laughs> oh, th- thank you. A- a- quick question: If I how, does invisibility work? Like, if I grab the books and put them inside my cloak, are they invisible? The rule that I usually do for invisibility is actually that um, the invisibility only affects the things that you, ca- that you grab oh, when you are invisible. Oh, okay. So okay. if you grab something new, it doesn't suddenly oh, okay. become invisible. Right, if you, and if you eat something, you can see it, like, being digested <laughs> as it goes down? Oh, I, but... think, I think I assume that if you put it in your body... It might also become invisible. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe if, you, if you eat something while you're invisible, you also, invisible man <laughs> style, can see it. Would I, Why not? I suppose I would know this. Huh? I would know that that's how it works. So I wouldn't. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I think you, so I think you would. I don't know. try that. So I'm like, fine. I'm like, so it's more like, Gerkas, we need to leave now. Yes. So we um, grab the books and head in the direction we heard the. Perfect. Uh, um, as Gerkas, as you uh, step out past the, the edge of the, the um, book hallway, uh, the bookshelves, um, uh, a voice rings out that says, um, drop the books and drop the map. Uh, we have no quarrel with you, but the book belongs back in its owner's hands. 
Oh, sorry. Um, and there is a, a tall figure standing to your left. Sorry, one one quick thing. Since I did know that the, the whole thing about I, I'm still invisible, but the books aren't, I actually handed the book to um, to Gerkas because obviously a floating book would give me away. Oh, yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. So I, I handed I my book to, to uh, Gerkas. So I'm standing there still invisible. Okay. Perfect. So Gerkas, you have both books. The uh... yeah, both books. Um, these guys want to talk. I don't want to talk to them. Um, I'd like to get yeah, out of he's, here. Yeah, he, he's, he's got his hand on a sword, for sure. Is he blocking my path? Uh, no, he's standing to your left. Uh, cool. And there's another person who, who you now notice is standing to your right. Um, um, who doesn't have their hand on a sword, but is, is they've, they're flanking you, basically. I would like to continue walking towards the library exit. Um, I will he not just be says, intimidated. Uh, he says, I am not here to intimidate you. I'm here to stop you. Good. I am not intimidated and I won't be stopped. Um, can perfect. I, I can cast something, right? And they won't know because I'm invisible. That is correct. Okay. Um, and, and So the figure that's not got a hand on a sword starts casting a spell. Um, uh, and okay. it's clear that they are, are looking towards um, Gearcast with it. Blazon, okay, so... uh, I let you keep your stealth check. I just used your stealth check that you made from before. Um, so you are hidden and close by. Um, at this point, I want to grab the guy's sword. Wait, what do I want to do? Um, do I know? I mean, I'm a spellcaster. Do I know? Can I can I ruin his spell by like uh, grabbing his arm in the middle of him casting a spell? Yeah, yeah, maybe like grapple him. Um, I think that that makes sense to me. Yeah, um, okay. I like that idea. Um, so you could do that. From the shadows, I jump out. From and the grab shadows, his arm. yeah. I wait for the, you know, halfway through the spell and just grab him. Um, okay. And then, Ulium, what were you planning on doing? Well, I was I going to Ulean, levitate. You, you can't see Blazonar, and Blazonar can't no, see you. I, I know. <laughs> so. I know. I, but I, I see the guy trying to cast, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, do I have any way to tell risk level from this caster, or really like. You can try to identify the spell that they're casting. Uh, but that'll take a time. But no, no, that I, will take an action. That's oh, just your okay. knowledge of spells. So you can. Okay, okay. Uh, so I want to try to identify the spell because what I I want to see. I'm going to levitate one of the two. Mm-hmm. So okay, I want to. Uh, yeah. I want to. Uh, so just roll me an Arcana check. This is basically just um, essentially you know what kinds of hand movements and what kinds of words somebody would say. Twenty-five to cast different spells. Okay, oh. awesome. And you can tell they are casting the spell hold person. Hold person. Oh, that's yeah. not that dangerous. But um, it, it, it won't stopped, it won't right? kill Gearcast, but it will stop him in his tracks for sure. And he can't attack. Right. Uh, while he is held, he would not be able to attack. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Or move. Still, or speak. Still, though, like I'm really afraid of the sword. So I could fight the magic. So I, I I'm like I want to levitate the sword, dude. Just get him out of the combat. Uh, okay. Right, so I. The... For levitate too. I have one slot left for second level, so I'm going to use that one. Um, awesome. So he's going to get a, a save, and of course this will make you visible again. Um, oh, yeah, this, this was, I had cast this one, so I'm going to cast this one. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm going to roll his... I lost my dice. Uh, Before we find out, let's take a break. And when we get back, let's find out what happens. Yeah. 
we're back from the break. All right. What awesome. happens? So Levitation we're, we're sort of, attempt. We're sort of resolving several things at once. Um, so we know what uh, um, Ulian is doing, and we know what uh, Blazonar is doing. And Garakas, it sounds like you're just you're just storming your way out. You're just walking, planning to walk right right past these guys. Oh, I'm flexing. I'm just like will not be able to put up a hand. Like talk to the like, hand. Talk yeah. to the claw. I'm not even gonna do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Talk to the uh, laser. I will not be intimidated by you. Then we're, we'll go ahead and make the ch- the necessary checks, and then we'll roll initiative because that's clearly going to start the combat. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Blazonar, uh, you're going to make me a grapple check, and I'll allow you to do it. Um, you can do it with advantage because you are hidden, uh, and I'll allow you to do it using your dexterity instead of your strength if you'd like to do so. Okay, so it's just because you're really just trying to grab their hands. It's just a dex uh, check just like or yeah, it's like an unarmed uh, strike. Uh, uh, so you can... dex plus my proficiency, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and twenty-four. Then... Okay, perfect. That is a great. Nice. One. And then um, Ulian, uh, what is your saving throw DC for your spells? Because now fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, okay. All right. Um, Blazonar, um, you can see this, this spellcaster priest casting, moving, moving their hands, uh, and you reach over and you grab their hands right near the, the end of their spell, and it absolutely interrupts the spell as they're, they're stopped, um, and they realize that you are right there, um, and the spell sort of fizzles and pops out of their, out of their hands. Not today, friend. Um, (laughs) and right at that same moment, Ulian, you appear... Uh, at the end of your spell, uh, as you say, the, the sort of last remaining words, uh, and the, the man with the sword who draws his sword immediately starts to float up into the air um, uh, as, he, nice. as he looks immediately surprised and off balance by it. Um, what, is your, what does it look like for you to cast this spell? So I guess they can't see any of it. What does the end of it look well, like? The end of it looks, because I did this with my arms, like I was swan diving or something, and I come up with the arms again, and I go... Uh, I go like uh, to the sky. <laughs> to the sky. So they hear the to the sky as he as he draws his sword, yeah. but then sort of uh, winds up off balance as he starts to starts to lift uh, uh, sort of slowly into the air. Um, not super slowly, um, but but not crazy fast either. Um, and uh, and everybody roll initiative. And I think we've been doing D10s for initiative, haven't we? Oh, no. Or have we been doing D20s? D20s. Okay. Oh. 17. 17. Oh. Well, plus my zero to initiative, uh, that's a three. Well, I got an eight. Um, all right, I think. Oh, man. Did I get so thrown off by... What? What? Am I intimidated by his flailing sword? I don't understand. Uh, Blazonar, uh, you're going to get a chance to go first. Um, so the the spellcaster who's next to you, who I'll just call the cleric, um, uh, is uh, is has interrupted with the spell, and you still have them grappled. Right, 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 right. Um. I know enough about clerics to know that they need a symbol, uh, you know, a divine symbol. Is that true, DM? Yes. 
Um, I try to take his defined symbol away from him. He doesn't have one on his hands. Oh. Um, um, so you don't have to hold a divine symbol so long as you have it somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, it, it usually, it can't be like in a pocket. Um, so you suspect since since they are not holding a divine symbol, it might mean that there's one on their armor. Right. Like it could just which be is the like other part of the armor, right? Right. Just like blazing. So you could also have it like on a shield or have it engraved into right. into your weapons or something like that as a, as a way to do it too. Okay. Um... I mean, I don't know what sort of house rules we want to have for this, but I want to put his robe over his head and push him down so that, <laughs> so that he needs an action to, you know, he'll lose an action of some sort. I don't want him just to lose a move action. You know, I don't want him to actually, like, you know, lose yeah, a yeah. whole action, if that's possible. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll let you uh, essentially... Um, Give up your action to make an attempt to to make them lose their action. Yeah, uh, I think that's that seems like a, a fair trade. Uh, give me a, a second grapple check. You're basically just trying to trying to pull their robes over their head and, and shove them. Okay. Uh, so give me a second grapple check for that. Oh wow! Even higher, twenty five. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think you are you are successful. So d- describe that for me, and then. I, uh, and then they get pushed to the ground. Yeah, I, I sort of I go through his legs, and then I flip the his robe over his head and then i give him a i put my foot in front of his knee and then i push you know the a judo kind of push and i say as i said not today <laughs> and um, then i say and then i look up to the two compadres and i say let's make eel let's, <laughs> let's make eel <laughs> <laughs> um awesome that's going to make it the paladin's turn. Um, the guy who's floating up in the air uh, is sort of trying to, to flail about. His, his arms and legs are, are flailing as he, as he sort of drifts like a balloon floating up into the air. Uh, and he is going to take out his, his sword and hold it up in the air and then bring it down. And as he does so, uh, your spell ends, Ulian, and he comes plummeting back down in a, in a controlled sort of dive uh, back to the earth. And his sword <laughs> uh, slices into the ground uh, with, a, with a clattering sound. And at that clattering sound, you hear a very familiar shh and hissing noise <laughs> come from, from further up. It seems to be getting louder and louder. Um, but it, it, it comes down and he uh, digs into the stonework of the the ground and then pulls his sword up uh and he says in uh in sort of a quiet gruff voice um you do not know who you are messing with the order will not stand for you to stand in our way uh remind me of the name of the librarian uh marion marion okay um and that makes it gerkas's turn uh gerkas um, uh he's now next to you as he sort of plummeted back down, and he landed next to you. Is he next to me in that if I kept moving, I would get an attack of opportunity against me? Yes. Okay. If you kept um, just walking casually forward, you could use your action to disengage, uh, which would then you sort of um, more carefully step away from him uh, if you wanted yeah. to keep, keep moving out. So what I would like to do is um, I would like to use a key point to do Step of the Wind. 
which means I can spend one key point to take the disengage action as a bonus action on my turn. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pretend like this doesn't bother me at all, and I'm going to keep walking, kind of like nod at him, and then do like a little twirl, like a little uh, a kickball change twirl thing, and we'll keep walking. And then I'm immediately going to turn uh, down the closest, like, out-of-sight uh, hallway of books, mm. if I can, and then break into a full sprint and put the books that I'm holding in my sh- in my hands on one of the bookshelves, so they kind of blend them with the rest of the books, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. circle back around uh, to the to the guy to get a, try to get a jump on him, so that he thinks that I'm just like walking out the door, continuing my pathway, and then I actually drop the books and circle back around. Okay, cool. Uh, um, I like it. Uh, I guess I'll make this like a sleight of hand check. You don't need to make a check for getting away from him because you used your uh, step in the wind, uh, but we'll we'll give you a sleight of hand check for seeing seeing how well you can cut, sort of drop the books off stealthily. Uh, Fourteen. Awesome. Uh, that is pretty good. So I slide uh, you, them right you, in so they, they look like they could blend in with any of the other books. Yeah, you, you slide them right in with the, with the other books on the on the shelf, um, and you circle circle back around. Um, you're pretty certain that he will be pursuing after you um, down that hall. Um, so you you'll have a chance. You're can sort I, of hidden from him right now. Can I make that circle? How long is the book? Can I make the circle back around to get him in the back, like to run around and? Uh, you'll have, you'd have to wait for his turn so that he mm. can. He can chase after you, uh, gotcha. or you could. You have enough movement with your step of the wind. You, you have enough movement that you could circle all the way, all the way around, and then like punch him in the face right now. That's what I, that's what I was hoping you do. Uh, yeah, yeah. You won't get okay. him in the back. You won't you won't get the surprise oh, okay. on him because you basically like bolted oh, away from him and then circled back around. Uh, got it. Uh, so you won't get the surprise on but him. I, but I, you can. But totally I dropped the books. I got the books are are you, hidden. Books hopefully, are, that was my goal. Yeah, cool. exactly. Um, then I'm gonna come back around, um, and hopefully he's like confused about me walking away from him and then I just show up right away and punch him back so there's like a, a moment where he thinks that I'm gone and then I come back around and get him in the face with an unarmed strike. I like it. Give me an unarmed strike against Is this uh, against 18. the paladin? Yeah, this is It's the, the guy with a sword who was okay, floated up and then like the thunder yeah. smashed down. Uh, 18 to hit. And 18 does not hit the paladin. <gasps> what? Okay, I'm gonna leave. Let's get out of here. Um, use most <laughs> of your movement. Yeah. Um, to to do all of that, okay. uh, so you can maybe take a step away from him uh, as well, so you're not necessarily right in melee range, but uh, uh, you can't really leave any further um, after that. Um, okay. Your attack your attack hits armor, um, and he's wearing robes, and so um, you like bring bring in a, a heavy attack, uh, but it slams into into his armor um, and doesn't feel too effective. Um, uh, and you can tell he's he's wearing some really heavy on armor underneath those robes. Now I regret putting those books on the bookshelf. Well, but oh, since now you can't run away. The fates must have <laughs> meant it to happen. There are no coincidences. Um, Ulian, that's going to make it your turn. You okay. are now behind the paladin. Uh, well, so the the dude with the robe over his head is he lost yeah. the turn basically? Uh, yeah, essentially, it, it actually okay. hasn't gotten. He also rolled a super low initiative, oh, so it hasn't even gotten to him yet. I just uh, thought so. that was the last. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna do two things. Uh, first of all, I, I'm probably gonna yell first, and then do, and, do, and then cast. So I'm first gonna yell. Um, I'm gonna yell. Uh, Marion, these people are stealing books and not letting us read, or something. Like, yeah, something like Marion. These people are stealing books and not letting us read. Um, <laughs> awesome. And as uh, I'm yelling that, and I'm going to cast a spell. 
Okay. Uh, what's the spell you're casting? We'll resolve. The spell is, I'm going to do that. Ray of Frost. It's one of my cantrips. Mm-hmm. Um, on the uh, paladin. Uh, awesome. Uh, the go ahead and roll me an attack roll for the Ray of Frost, as that's that's sort of how it works. You you like point your finger in it. In it. Uh, you get what to do use I your roll? Spell. Like the D twenty and I. And you add your spell attack bonus. Um, is that's a plus seven? Okay, got it. Okay, uh, eighteen. And 18's is not going to hit the paladin. Uh, but in this case, your ray of frost does uh, freeze his robes, uh, okay. which are going to shatter under the, the cold from the from the ray of frost. Okay. Um, so you shout, you shout what you shouted, uh, and Marion once again uh, um, sort of shushes and hisses. Uh, as you shout, um, and then uh, you can hear some noises that you think are her uh, getting up and and grumbling. So you think she's probably headed in your direction. Um, okay. And then you shoot your your ray of frost, and it slams into the paladin's back, and his robes uh, um, uh, crinkle and freeze over, and then shatter around him. And now you can see he is wearing a full set of plate mail. Um, and in addition to the to the sword that he has, he has another dagger um, that is that is attached to his waist, and his plate mail is emblazoned across it with um, a really beautifully etched symbol of Istis. Um, uh, and uh, the back of his plate mail actually has a, a beautifully etched sword, uh, kind of stretching down the black, back of the plate mail as well. By the way, um, when I shot the ray of frost, I, I went, chill out. <laughs> you become Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like yeah. yeah, Arnold yeah. I want to like hail him on a spike and say, stick around. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to cast a cancer spell. You have a tumor. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to put an Arnold Schwarzenegger character with a big knife and he's going to say, oh, next campaign. Next campaign. Get to the chopper. Yeah. Um, but your knife. Yeah. The chop up. <laughs> what if all three of us were Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> we just do an Arnold Schwarzenegger campaign. <laughs> we'll do that and for we a keep, one-off. We keep uh, locking arms, greeting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see you again. Oh, yeah, nice to see you again. Yeah, yeah. Nice to push <laughs> too many you push pencils. Too many pencils. <laughs> yeah. As long as one of your names is Billy, we'll be good. Billy! <laughs> <laughs> Kill me. I know. Uh, <laughs> as as you, um, uh, the cleric uh, 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 finally pulls the robes off off of his head. And he he looks very upset uh, that you have that you have done this to him, Blazonar. Um, and he he does have to sort of stumble stumble back to his feet. And he pulls uh, like a mace out from from under uh, that was attached to his belt uh, that he now has, and he's now sort of. Uh, facing off against you, um, Blazonar. Uh, he looks very, very uh, upset, and his cheeks are red. You suspect he's pretty embarrassed by, by you getting the, the pull over, literally the pull over over him. Um, and that basically is his whole turn. So, Blazonar, that makes it your turn. I say, as I said, it's time to make eel, and I just bolt. I take my dash action. And, and so, I he's right next to you. Uh, so you can you can disengage. Yeah, uh, uh, you can totally do that. And I think you can do that as a bonus action. Yeah, I can do disengage bonus, and then I can take another dash. So I'm like, nice. You're just gonna take off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look at awesome. my compadres. I say, as I said, it's time to make Ia later. Can I um, can I tell him where I put the books in like a? You must can't. know where to fish for eels. 
Before you can. I'll let this be a roll. I mean, I guess um, I would have seen he didn't have the books on him, right? Uh, I think you would see that. <laughs> what be don't hilarious think that is hint tells you anything. Well, <laughs> what be hilarious is if Gerkas's uh, hint is terrible, but you know, Blazonar is smart. <laughs> I know that's that's sort of what I was thinking. Uh, Blazonar, why don't you give me a, a um, insight insight check? Yeah, and if you roll really high, I'm twenty. You get this one. Natural twenty? No, sixteen plus four. Uh, that's Um, you know what I'll do? Uh, Gierkes, roll persuasion. Persuade. That's a plus three on that. That is an 18. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Gierkes, you say... You must know where to fish for eels. So what do I divine Before from you can cook the eels. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could... I mean, I guess I would know he dropped the book somewhere you, on his route, and so you I, can tell he doesn't have the books. You can you you can gather that he must have dropped them somewhere, um, and you are right next to the travel section that that he was. So uh, I try to I, I try to so. follow his route, and the I'm only, just and I'm just scanning. But I I want to get out. Is the is but the that, there's only one problem? Does Blazonar know there were two books? Well, nope. I would have seen. <laughs> I saw the two of you. you oh, oh, did two. you see that that Garrigus had? Yeah, two I saw books the two of hand? you rummaging with things. Okay. I don't know what detail I, I saw. Just grab the whole section of books. <laughs> I just... think I think you know there are two books, but you don't know what the other book is. So you can assume the the one that you know the title of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're sort of scanning for that one, but you don't know what the title was of the other book. So if so I find the book, I'm just going to grab like the three like the books whole around section it. Section that was yeah. that was there. God bless me if the Bedusa <laughs> finds me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and along those lines, you're, you're bolting. They, they, they cannot stop you. The cleric even tries to take a swipe at you, but, but you are gone long before the, the cleric could hit you. Um, but uh, the Medusa is going to see you making your way out. Um, as you sort of round the corner, you see the, the book that you're looking for and several books around it, and you just grab a whole stack of... Of books, so you now have a whole stack of books under your arms. Yeah. I'll point out that Ulian just said that some people were attacking <laughs> and stealing books. But <laughs> uh, 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 she saw so us you together. Come rounding uh, the corner, um, yeah. the librarian, looking very angry, um, uh, rounds the corner as well and sees you running with a handful of books. Uh, that you are are making your way out of the library with, um, and the librarian immediately points her finger at you uh, with her other hand on her on her glasses, um, and she says, um, "Drop the books and stay quiet, or you'll become a permanent part of the library." So, uh, can I avert my gaze? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can try to and keep running. Um... How far away is she from me? She's maybe twenty feet, but you've used up most of your movement, kind of going. You won't, you won't make it far past her. You can yeah. probably make it like next to her this turn. Could I turn around? Can I go? I don't know the layout of this library, but is there? Can I go a direction where no one can see me and I can jump through a window? <laughs> oh, interesting. Can I There's turn? No... Can I just turn around? You know, and run out a window. 
There's no windows uh, that aren't super high up in the air. All the light kind of comes up through uh, through like stained glass, uh, kind of higher up in the air, or is lit from uh, non-flammable light sources that are sort of around the library. Um, but you could, the library is, is just winding shelves uh, that go in every direction. So while you couldn't necessarily escape from the library, you could dive down yet another path. Yeah. Um, that's Chances are really good. The Medusa is now chasing you down a labyrinth of a library. Yeah. Um, but but that would at least keep you from turn, being turned to stone right at this moment. Yeah, that's what I do. And right. I, I'm trying to pocket these books in my backpack or something. You know, I'm trying to stow them. So you're not you're not carrying a big. Well, a big I, as stack I'm of books. moving, I'm trying to. I, I need my hands free eventually, so I'm, I'm going to try and stow them somewhere on me if I can. Okay. Um, I mean, I think you have a backpack, so you can probably stuff stuff all the books into your into your backpack. Okay. Um, I think you're you're getting started on that, but you'll you'll need to spend a little time doing that in your next turn as well. Okay. Uh, awesome. That makes it. The and I, I actually I let out a squeal. I actually scream. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Medusa's. I don't. I've never seen one before. I've heard of them. I've seen pictures. This is this is frightening. This is awful. Yeah. She's she's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, you scream and then sort of backpedal your your feet and then take off into another direction yeah. uh, down a hallway. Uh, and she screams after you. Shh! <laughs> as, <laughs> as you scream is a little too loud. Uh, she seems. Just as angry about the loudness as she does about the stealing the books. <laughs> um, that makes the paladin serve. The paladin turns oh, around to, to you, uh, Gierkas, um, and he is going to... Um, oh, uh, he is going to say... Um, Did we ever take any rests? No. I'm just realizing that I have five hit points. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> this is gonna be a little rough. Actually, you guys did stop at the at the sandwich shop or whatever. Yeah, should we take? Can we take? Can we call that a short rest? Short rest. Yeah, short rest. Um, so you can regain whatever you would have regained on a. So, Berto, I think you rest. get one spell. Um, if I'm I not get mistaken. one spell back. So if you yeah. click on short rest, do you see that? Oh yeah. Um, it should might even indicate okay. to you what. So you're a you're a fifth level wizard. So that's um uh where wait wait I just saw it reaction other other there it is so there's arcane recovery yeah that one says once per day when you finish a short rest you can choose extent expended spell slots to recover up to a combined level of three so you, so can, you can so you can basically take, recover one third level spell slot or one one and one two or three right. level ones I guess yeah. Or, but I can recover one nice right one fire nice fireball. Fire <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so do I just unclick a slot? Yeah, you just unclick yep. in the UI. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then uh, hit points. I had my hit point. Maybe I hadn't done this right. Like I had, I had my hit points at max. So yeah. you can. You didn't oh, get injured. I don't hurt. think. Oh, I didn't get injured. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. I just rolled very low and used up all my hit point, hit my all my hit dice. I have fifteen hit points. I guess I'm back to half, but I rolled lots of ones right there on my hit dice. But I'm still no, feeling confident. That's rough. I just, I I just realized that like, you've been walking sunshine. around all day with like bruises and wounds all over you, like but flexing. Like just been, so it's but flexing. Right? <laughs> Doesn't bother Gerkus. Nope. Uh, five hit points scars. from death. Doesn't yep. bother Gerkus. Um, 
the paladin is going to say kneel and he says so in a tone that uh, makes you feel like you need to do it go ahead and roll me a um uh wisdom saving throw wisdom saving throw gets me a whopping eight um you drop to the ground um and kneel you feel compelled to do so this is clearly a spell uh not is this like a double kneel double knee on the ground kneel i think like it's I'm one, one knee church, down or is it like a bowing like i'm bowing to a king or something I think it's like one knee down, so it's a little bit mm. more like you're bowing to a king. Uh, but mm, then he raises so his sword, and he's going to make an attack on you that he now has Ugh. advantage on because you Ugh. are kneeling on the ground. So, uh, what's your armor class? Uh, 15. Never, yeah. never a good question. Okay, it's a lot of Whoa! dice. Whoa! A lot of dice. You are not the there. only one suffering from ones. Oh. Um, he oh, only does... Good. Uh, what is that? Uh, he he does seven damage to you. Oh my god, that could have been way. so lethal. Which is that way rolls. he rolled he rolled three <laughs> ones and a two uh, on, his, on his sixes. So that could have been way way worse. The fates are in our um, favor. As he brings there his are sword, no coincidences. As he brings his sword down, uh, uh, it it slashes against you, and there is a blazing flash of light as he does so. Um, uh, for the smite that he brought down upon you. Uh, Gerkus, that makes it your turn. Uh, it is my turn again. Okay, so I'm kneeling. Can I break out of the kneel now, or is, is it... It's half your movement to stand up, so you can totally stand up. I'm not going to move. I'm going to uh, turn my standing up from the kneel into a full-on, like, to-the-throat uppercut. Nice. can Yeah, yeah, full on. If I could, in fact, spin and have flames around my hand at the same time, so I could do a full on. I have. I'm like sort of in the IU right now, so and you got like like laser beams you can shoot from your hand. So I don't. I don't see why you couldn't have flames coming out. That sounds full on. Can flaming sure you can? Yeah. Yeah. Well, give me an attack roll with your unarmed strike, and and we'll resolve the rest of it from there. Twenty four. Whew, that's going to hit. Okay. That's, yes! That is good. Uh, oh, finally, can can actually hit somebody. So my uh, the damage that I do that first time is five. Uh, awesome. Uh, but I am, if I can, um, use a key point for a flurry of blows to do two more attacks. You can totally do that. Excellent. Um, well, I critical failed the next one. Oh, oh no. Okay. I need to get oh. new dice. Roll your roll your third attack and we'll resolve the critical. You say that every um, time we play. Is it the same <laughs> dice or is it? It's <laughs> digital dice actually, which is part of the problem. I think. Oh, that's um, totally. The next attack I is bring sixteen. You your real dice. Sixteen, which I know doesn't work. I have I have real dice. I just like it does the math for me. Um, I'm gonna bring you the good dice. Oh, I have no. I have I have really good dice. <laughs> uh, really cool blue sandstone. Very beautiful dice. It's just math uh well the, the next one's 16 which i know doesn't doesn't hit um so we'll blame the third hit on the critical failure um i'm gonna give you an option um you can uh you can um trip and give advantage to his next attack or um you can hurt yourself with your own attack um, can I can I do a little na- description? 
Yeah, either way, so you can do it. The first time, I want to give him like an awesome uppercut, and then I want to try to punch with my left hand, uh, and then I want him to grab it, and then do like a like a, a Superman and Zod thing where he like crushes my hand, and I have to like drop drop down. So I'm gonna I'll take the I'll take the trip, I guess. Like okay, yeah, yeah, uh, so sweet. Like, I love it. You you do, and the uppercut is solid. He he reels back from the uppercut, um, and when you come around for the next blast, uh, he he grabs your fist with his armored gauntlet uh, and and crushes. And you can tell this guy is as strong as you are, Gerkas, um, and and he's he's holding you steady. Um, and he sort of uh, uh, was was um, slouched down after your blow, but he kind of stands tall and and pushes you back down to the ground. He goes, "I said, kneel." Before um. Zod. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I pictured. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I mean, as terrible as that is for me, turn. that's awesome. <laughs> did, so did you take damage, or has he got advantage? Uh, I'm just he's down got advantage. Yeah, so um, so the, the paladin has advantage on, on his next attack. Okay, so it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to try to double down on my hopeful strategy here. Um, I'm going to, again, do two things. I'm going to yell again for Marion. <laughs> so I'm going to say like, Marion, please help us! Stop him! And at the same time, I'm going to cast a big old, oh wait, I can't cast a fireball here, right? We'll all burn. No, you have, you have shape, so you, you can, you can uh, hurt whoever you want to hurt. Yes, oh. but you can't avoid the books. The books are going to burn. Ooh. So, so you can shape it to avoid your teammates. Uh, but there are too oh, many books around you. I got to, it. To avoid I got it. So I, I just yelled at Marion. Yeah. I just yelled at Marion, and now now I say to him. And do I have any sort of uh, let's see, minor illusion, prestidigitation, prestidigitation. Well, I was trying to. I'm basically. I'm going to tell him. One more move, and I will burn the books. So you can, you can ready an action, or you can cast prejudication to to like cast fire to come out of your thumbs. You know what I mean? To, right. To, or I could do. I know. No. I know what I do. Okay. Great. But here's what I'm. Minor illusion. Minor illusion can look at something like it can. I can make the books appear in thin air. Right. Like I can make it look like I have the books. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You could make okay. it look like you have the books. All right. So I I'm gonna cast a spell where it's minor illusion where I throw the two books down on the ground. And I have my spell at the ready, my fireball. And I tell him, uh, so I say, uh, what, you know, one more move and I will burn the books. <laughs> Super interesting. All right. And I just called for Marion's help. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think. Okay. okay. Sorry, but, but, sorry, by the way, cantrips. Do I get an unlimited cantrips? Yep, or what's unlimited. Okay. You can, yeah, you don't need to uh, mark spell slots for those. Um, you can also, uh, you can be readying the fireball, but you can also make it look like fire's coming out of your hands just as a part of the minor illusion. Um, the only thing you can't do, just so you know, is you can't make both sound and uh, image at the same time with minor illusion. So you're making, you, you throw the books on the ground, but you're not making any noise with it. And that, you, you could totally do that like, you 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 put them down stomp gently, on and then, yeah, okay. you, or you stop, you or you stop, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. You Fine. stop I as stomp you, as I put as the them books down. Hit. Um, oh, but and then, then there's no sound from my fireball, yeah. so I'm just like it looks right. flamey. 
Um, uh, so you're you're uh, uh, pulling pulling that all up, and I will totally let you ready the action uh, so that you are ready ready with a fireball as well. Um, the uh, I'll give the paladin a chance to have a reaction to this before the cleric's turn, um, and the the paladin sort of turns to you, um, and you see him hold up his hand, and he goes, um, "No," uh, and he uh, clearly is sort of dropping his guard uh, as he's now facing you. Um, right. But the cleric who is next to you is going to try to make it Yeeks. an attack on you. Oh, no. Okay. The cleric rolled a one. Ah, uh, the... yes! There are no coincidences. <laughs> the cleric is trying oh, to awesome. tackle you uh-huh. to stop you from, from burning the books. The cleric is also yeah, fooled, right. fooled by the books. So the cleric dives out from the, from the shelving. This and I'll let cleric... you pick this one. Uh, do you want... The cleric can either, like, like you just step, step out of the way and the cleric kind of dives past you. Um, or... Um, or I think the, the, you can let the cleric, um, or you can gain an advantage on the, on the cleric. He, he dives past you. He misses you. Uh, but you can gain, uh, an advantage on him. And an advantage means what in the next turn? I think I'll let it be, you have advantage on your next attack against him, or he has disadvantage on the next spell you cast against him. Yeah. No, I want either he's knocked down or I I want him to get, yeah, I want him to like, like fully like fall on his face um okay you know, great. so so i see him so basically i see him and i just like i just move a little bit <laughs> yeah he dives like, through Whoa. the air and then yeah. slams into the ground slides across the the stone flooring uh into can, some of the can tables we have the and paladin be like oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he sort of rolls his eyes at this cleric who has just botched everything, everything. <laughs> um uh yeah um. Uh, that that makes it the cleric. That's the end of the cleric's turn. You could say uh, that his robe means... was kind of caught in his boot or something from falling down earlier, and it it screwed up his dive in this moment. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that idea. <laughs> he's still. He's uh, basically like his shoes are tied because uh, the robe is like caught up in in both shoes, and now he's he dives forward and slides across the ground. Um, that's perfect. What's oh, uh, what's funny is maybe I didn't even miss him on purpose, like. I basically, I just like, um, as I'm doing my, my illusion or whatever, I stand back, you know, like, I'm like, I'll do it, you know, I'm going to do it. And so as I lean back, that's when he dashes right in front of me. Um, I, it's, it's wholly on accident. Yeah. Um, Mr. Uh, Magusta. As, uh, as you shout it out, Marion's attention is, is drawn by both you and the crashing armor uh, armored cleric to the ground, uh, and she turns her attention away from Blazonar uh, okay. and chasing Blazonar. Um, and so then she uh, heads towards uh, all of you, and she turns the corner, seeing all of you in this in this kerfuffle that is that is happening here. Uh, and she shouts uh, now, fully fully looking at all of you, and she has taken her glasses off, um, and she shouts at, at all of you and says, um, uh, "Enough." Leave now without your books or become part of a permanent exhibit. Yeah. Um, bring kind of everything to a screeching halt. So I hear that? Yep. Blazonar, it is your turn. So I stuff all the books into yep. the bag. Yeah, yeah. And I also grab a, 
I have a very makeshift fast disguise kit th- that I have just for occasions like this. Oh, perfect! It's a, it's a, it's, it's just a, it's a it's wig. Just glasses with a mustache no, no, and a wig. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a floppy wig with a weird hat and a brand new uh, cloak, and and I'll say like yeah, like like a mustache. Something. It's just something that I can put on like real. F- it doesn't look good. It doesn't pass scrutiny if you're up close at all. Yeah, but I I I've done this you know in my hundred and eleven years this you know this I've needed this. <laughs> this has gotten you out of this a lot classic. of tights. This is called the Blazonars, literally. <laughs> what this movie is, <laughs> this movie is called. It's called the next morning. Just joking. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I I I so I'll do my deception check, and I got a ten, which isn't great. <laughs> okay, but then I just stroll my way out the front door. <laughs> You're just gonna whistle and sort of start making your way out. Yeah. From where you are, you can see the mess that Ulian and Gerkes are in. Out of the corner uh, of my eye? Yeah, um, as you're sort of strolling your way out the door. I mean, I honestly, in my head, so, okay, so I see it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I mean, the Medusa, the two armored guy, I'm like, <sighs> in my, I just... Um, save the books, save the world. Can, can they see me at all? Can it do... Or the, I think I, everyone's attention is pulled to the Medusa that yeah. is apparently about to do something really terrible to everybody. Um, so that is that is totally the, where everybody's focuses are. And you look nonchalant and out of the way and uh, and not like you belong to any of this. So, And there's no, like, other entrance that is near them. No. There's one way out of this place. And, uh, yeah, I just I just walk out. And then right. as soon as I get outside, I, I hide and I try to look inside to see if I can see what's happening. Um, in that case, uh, it is the paladin's turn. And the paladin is... Um, yeah, the paladin's still holding this and has like lowered his sword so that because uh, he's telling Ulian to stop. Ulian not to, yeah. Um, and then he turns his sword towards the Medusa um, and says, This is not your concern, witch. Oh. I need everybody <laughs> to make me constitution saving throws. <laughs> oh, not Blazenar. Sorry. Uh, Blazenar, you're totally fine. Yeah, I knew. Right? I, knew yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I presumably was aware of my own plan, so I probably was in the process of closing my eyes and stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, Uli, and I'll give you. Uh, actually, we'll we'll um, we'll give a role play moment here. Um, Uli, and I'll give you advantage on the saving throw. Okay. And if you can think of a way in which you would give a hint to Gerkas, okay, um, that you can you can give him advantage on his role as well. Okay. So first of well, okay. So I'll tell you what I got in a second, but um, so. I, uh, oh yeah, okay, okay. So what happens is that, uh, let's see, as I was doing the, as I was doing the illusion, because presumably Gerkas is fooled by my illusion as well, right? So he thinks I'm doing this for real. Well, I know where the books are. Yeah, because right, he was the one who the books. So, so he knows that he knows that those are not the real right, books. Right, right, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um... Man, I don't know. I, I guess I will say... Oh, okay. I, I would have said um, to Gerkas, I would have said like... Uh, 
All right. I would say, uh, when I eat snake, I always close my eyes or something like that. Let me think. <laughs> so I'd say like, you know, yeah. I love the taste of snake. That is why I close my eyes as I eat it. Do you, do you speak a language that only he can speak? <sighs> Let's see. Draconic, this, this maybe? Tricky. I do speak right. Draconic. Does Gearcross know any other languages? No, I do. I But uh, I know... Uh, I know several languages, uh, but not that. Draconic. I know. Okay. Uh, do you know Celestial? Yes. Ah, um, I speak Celestial. Yes. Would would I know this? Uh, I I don't know. That's a good question. Um, wait, I'm trying to find we'll where flip the, a coin uh, or something. I'll see features how that would and traits. Features and traits, or where are the languages on listed? the front page in the lower left? Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Celestial, common, elvish, primor- par- primordial, and Vedalkin. So, celestial would be the common one, the, the one in common between us. So, but I, I, I guess it's up that? to the DM to decide if... Would I know that these creatures... Or do these creatures generally know celestial, or just you know celestial? It is the because of the power of my golden fists. Mm. Um, I will say that you're taking a stab in the dark. But I'll say, in this case, you can use Celestial. You really uh, don't know whether or not he would know Celestial, but you're, you're, you're making an educated guess. What does Celestial sound like? Do we know? The angels. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm like... Celestial's like... So I'm, as I'm doing the, the, the illusion, I, I look at, Bla- um, at Gerkas and I go... <laughs> Which means... I... <laughs> Which means... Uh, close your freaking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I will respond in celestial and say thank you. Gerkas, you close your eyes, giving you advantage on the save as well. I got a 15. Okay. Uh, so I got a 14 on the best one. Oh, man. <laughs> so lucky. Okay. Really? You both succeed to save. Oh my gosh! I didn't think I. Did. And both the paladin and the cleric failed. No. Oh my gosh! Yes. The cleric is immediately turned to stone. Yes. And the yes, paladin yes, is yes. not turned to stone, but is petrified, um, oh. immediately frozen, giving okay. the two of you a chance to bolt for bolt. it. Bolt. Is he still have my hand in his hand? Uh, yeah, I think you can kind of you can kind of like rip your hand okay, out, cool. of, out so, of his grip. So. I, okay, like, Gerkas, are you ready to leave? Because I'm, I'm ready to leave. But so I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> I think knowing that the, it, it, I probably would have wanted to stay and fight these guys, but knowing that there's literally a Medusa turning people to stone <laughs> to become, as she has oft said, right. permanent exhibits in the library, I think it would be time to get get out. I am going to circle back to the, to the place to make sure um, Blaze got the books, though. Uh, you can do med- it kind of on your way out, so you can just run yeah. down that. that Does the Medusa thing. see the fake books on the ground? Uh, she sees them. Uh, I think she would see them vanish as you leave. Oh. Well, I don't know, but before I leave. Oh, but she uh, would see them vanish. Right, right, right. Yeah, so never mind. I was thinking, like, it'd be like, there's the books. We're leaving. But that wouldn't work because you'll see them disappear. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think she, like, angrily shouts at you as, you, as, you're, as okay. you're leaving. Fine. Uh, and says, "Stop!" Or maybe, maybe what I do is I, with, with my with my eyes down and my hands up, I go like, "We don't have the book. We don't have no books, or something." You know, like, we have no books. <laughs> we We're not about no us. Books. We have no books. 
<laughs> um, she still says stop, but you don't stop. We're uh, okay. just like, you, you I'm like, <laughs> shaking my head. We have no books. We have no books. Um, and uh, and the two of you are able to bolt your way out outside. Uh, I'll bring back the with... other books. I promise. <laughs> Blazonar, you can see um, Ulian and, and Gierkas making their way, uh, diving their way outside. I said, uh, oh, you, you finally agreed to follow my advice of making eel later. How fantastic of you. <laughs> And that's where we'll end for the day. <laughs> um, so with that, we'll do oh. our, our tradition of, of a spotlight for, uh, oh, for yeah. somebody else. We'll go around and do that before we bring things to a close. Uh, who wants to start us off? I'll do Davis. Uh, I like his ingenuity plan and how it didn't go right. And he was like, <laughs> well, okay, I guess... I guess Birdo too, and that he was, you know, screaming for the Medusa, and then it ended up backfiring. Um, you know, I I like when people try to play around with the storyline or the actions, if you will, try to think outside the box instead of just swinging your hammer around, you know. So uh, when Adam Davis was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna put the books here, yeah. come back around." <laughs> And then later on, just his face is like, oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> now I wish I hadn't have done that. Should have ran away. Should have done the Blazonar. <laughs> My, mine is um, Blazonar, Kirk, when he goes, when he's like, um, hey, uh, some people just ran out with the Book of Fates. <laughs> I just thought that was great because, like, it's sort of a great mov- uh, movie moment where the character does something so unexpected and like wait why would you tell uh, oh my gosh no no you're you're giving away all your cards right now <laughs> but it like sort of works and i i just thought that was great it was and and i could also see that character blazonar being like you know like ah some people just ran out with the book of fates <laughs> like crazy um it's like total hail mary uh, i will also point out that man when this t- when today started i was feeling really in the dark i'm like I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And then I was trying to role play like I knew what was up because he's supposed to be like, you know, like haughty and like, yeah, you know what's up. But he doesn't and I don't. And I'm like, what, what are we going to do? And I started feeling like, oh, this is not going to end well. Like, I, I think we're we're lost here. And I got totally forgot about the book of recipes and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, man. But but by the end of this thing, this was one of my favorites <laughs> so far because so many funny things happen and we got to do so many like creative things that sort of worked by accident because we got super lucky that's the other thing <laughs> um my spotlight i think is going to go to um Ulian and the the uh, bluff of the burning the book it was like <laughs> it sort of sort of to build on what kirk was saying around uh like thinking outside the box i like that moment because we were we were kind of outmatched with those two i can't only imagine oh, yes. if if uh, Blaze hadn't got rid of the other two, um, it would have been very much call the Medusa. That's the only solution to this because clearly we were outmatched. So it was nice to that. I like that moment because you were clearly thinking we're not going to win this. Uh, you know, punches to faces. We're going to win this by you know distracting them and getting out of here and calling in reinforcements. There's lots of good good moments today in that way. Yeah, I think in my character said I was like, I mean, I want to follow uh Blazonar's lead. I just don't know how I can do that. And plus, I since I've spent so much time in this library, I was pretty sure I had heard all these rumors about the and I'm like, I hope it's true. I hope it's true. 
I didn't know how close I came to being frozen, though. That's crazy. <laughs> um, you, I'm going to shout out uh, John's as well. That in the beginning of today, as you said, Berto, it was like, oh God, what are we doing? It, it's it's it, this is truly like a mystery. I'm I'm like totally stumped. And for a DM, that's a tough position to be in because you you know what you want them to do, but you just you just sat back, you just. Let it happen. If it's going to be a true mystery story, which this is, there have to be moments where us as players are just like, uh, we have no idea what, you know, it's sort of like doing a, a escape room thing, right? Totally. The, the, the people walk in there and, and when you first walk into escape rooms, you're just like, uh, and you don't want the person running in there and be like, oh, well, start here, you know, because then it ruins it, right? <laughs> you, you need that tension of... Well, we truly don't know what we're supposed to be doing for it to feel good when we finally figure out what we're supposed to be doing. I will yeah, say I mean, this, though. No. I've played with Adam a lot, and I, I can kind of I know his tells. And he, he as much as he le- leaned back and let us do whatever we wanted to do, he was also very, very subtly um, guiding that path. It's I, I, I won't tell you what his tells are, but I've been playing with uh, Adam Johns for like seven years. Very well done, though. Um, Very years, well done, something like that. And like it's it's masterfully executed in these moments yeah. where where you you feel like you made all those choices. But I saw the breadcrumb right there. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't well, know if I was to the like I was I sitting this. there, I was sitting there trying to guess because. Again, you know, obviously, I've now been through one campaign with you, and I was I was very impressed. But it was very different. Like, it was a very different campaign, and my choices as a character were a lot simpler generally. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there going, like, I, I want to do the right thing. Part of it was like, I don't want to be dumb and not get what the hell this mystery is. So <laughs> what is going on? But still, I have to be in character. But so that's why I was like, well, we got to go check the burned room. And then when uh, I think Blazonar was like, eh, I don't think there's any. I'm like, oh, but maybe we still have to check the burnt room. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's something we're supposed to be getting here. <laughs> it's, it's and fine, I totally had forgotten that, that. Yeah, I totally forgot about the book. So I'm glad, Blazonar, you must have written that down cause, yeah. or remembered. Because that, that was obviously the key thing. So the, um, there is uh, a thing that Adam and I often talk about that, that is um, an important thing to often avoid in Dungeons & Dragons games, which is that the Game Master shouldn't use riddles. Uh, riddles are a, a thing where you, um, you say, here's the phrase, and then there's a specific answer to that phrase. And the problem with a riddle is that uh, your players will either figure it out immediately or they will have no idea. Um, and there's no middle ground, so it becomes very difficult to yeah. to make that. And you can't hand the answer to them because handing the answer to them is is will make them feel like they failed uh, to actually figure it out on their own. They won't feel a sense of success of actually having right. solved the riddle. Um, and so they're they're dangerous. Uh, I wouldn't say that no GM should use riddles, but but they're they're a risky move often as a GM. Uh, because you don't know whether or not you're you're handing the player something that they have no no ability to figure out, or whether or not they're hand, you're handing them something that they're going to solve immediately, and you're not going to get any any real challenge or or struggle with it. Um, making a mystery like this, I, I mentioned early on in this podcast that whatever we were creating here was going to be really hard to game master. That's that's what this yeah. is. So doing yeah. doing a mystery like this requires you to be stumped enough that you feel like it's a mystery and, and you don't know what the things are, but also to lay enough clues and enough groundwork so that you can start to put things together on your own. Um, and it is 
a real challenge. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. Really fun to do the planning for. Really fun to to set up and see how you do it. And of course, all of you, my, my spotlight today is, is just going to go across the board that every one of you made choices that I was 100% not expecting and then really had to sit there and go, oh, man, what am I going to do to that? Sometimes verbally out loud uh, yeah. throughout the podcast, I'm sure. But but even even in the moments where I wasn't saying that, where I was going, oh, no, uh, that, that's a brilliant idea. That should totally work. Uh, and I have no idea how to actually resolve that and still hold together the storyline that, that yeah. needs to progress. I mean, I, so. as a DM, I like that within reason because it gives me a chance to really step inside the shoes of these NPCs. And For sure. Um, role, role play as well. It's like, okay, well, what would the Medusa be thinking right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I know her motivations. I know her character. Mm-hmm. You know, so she heard that. She heard, what would she do? It's an interesting thought experiment. And it's an and it's an interesting challenge. It's it, it is the uh, in many ways the fun puzzle of of GMing where you're where you're going. Yes, that's a great idea. I, I want to yes and what my what my players put forward uh, and give them a chance to really be creative and really do do interesting creative things. But you also uh, you want to respond how the Medusa would respond, right? Or 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 give the the boundaries of the world making sense. Uh, as yeah. a part of that, so uh, it's that interesting puzzle of how to make those those pieces fit together uh, in the right way. So I love that stuff, and I, I applaud all of you in your in your very creative thinking and your very creative uh, problem solving. Sometimes really goofy, and that's really what makes it fun. That's <laughs> that's really what I what I super well, enjoy. So uh, big one thing up I was everybody. trying to role play uh, because about my character is that he. Which is really bizarre because he's a magician, so he does all these spells. But he's really skeptical of, like, like he was saying, like he's skeptical of things that he reads about. And so, part of me was thinking that to him, the Medusa librarian was sort of a kind of a joke. Like he he obviously doesn't listen to the rules because he's kept books that you fed me. But I was like, okay, I'll go with that. And then snakes he loves snakes so he's probably more like oh man i want to eat her hair you know (laughs) but he's heard all these rumors so part of him was probably curious like i wonder and then when this happens he's like oh i hope i hope i hope it's real (laughs) it it worked out so well well frankly like amazingly well um you really you rolled a 14 that was the saving throw oh my god Um, dude and then because it's funny you gave me advantage And I rolled a 12, and it's plus one. I rolled a 12 and a 13. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hopefully so um, the Medusa is like the cruddy of this campaign. <laughs> it's going to be the <laughs> love story. And uh, Ulian is just going to be getting closer and closer to being able to eat her hair. <laughs> he was salivating. I can, I can well, prove that. You know, that was part of because, you know, You're you hoping guys, it was you, saliva. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, Kirk, you were like instantly sort of taken aback and a, a little bit afraid of the Medusa. Whereas me, I was like looking at the snakes going like, ah, oh, I want to eat the snake. It slithers. <laughs> and, it and slimes. Yet, right. And yet out of the three of us, I came this close to getting frozen. <laughs> I, think, I think there's there's something about the Medusa, which is, you know, historically a monster. Yeah, a monster yeah. you would fight like in a cavern, uh, sort of traditional right. Dungeons and Dragons monster. And in, in a, a Game to Grow game, that's like, she's a librarian. She's, like, yeah. she's a you well, know, was, outstanding member of a of a civil society. I was picturing, picturing Monsters University, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, did you did you pick her though. because she hisses? Is that specifically why? Um, so yes and no. I actually picked her with the intent that she probably was going to get very upset about the noise, and she needed to be an imposing figure uh, uh, for when her, she comes in to to yell at you about noise. Uh, that you would you would be willing to listen to her and not just think she's she's yet another you know librarian. So I needed right. something that would would carry some weight to it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Uh, but Blazer I felt the weight. Yeah, I, did, I didn't necessarily <laughs> expect it to work out. In that, it in was that, a great moment <laughs> when it was a great moment when when your paladin NPC says you know blah 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 woman or whatever because I was like oh he's gonna get it <laughs> oh he's gonna get it. Yeah, I actually um, gave him disadvantage on his role too, because he was distracted with with the book stuff that you had that you had going wrong too. Uh, so that that ended up also working out in your in your favor really well. I like it. All right, well, fun times. Um, any final words, uh, Adam Johns, Adam Davis? Game to grow stuff. This game stuff. Um, I will tell everybody. Um, uh, we get we get some messages sometimes about people who are just getting started with role playing games and just getting started with GMing, um, and I will tell you that the whatever all the planning that we do, whatever all the all the work that we do, you know, Adam and I have been doing this for a long, long time. I've been a game master for twenty five years. Um, please wow. don't be afraid to get started. Um, it may not turn out like this game, but it will still be fun. And lean into the fun. Have a great time with it. That's the part that really matters that's the part that everybody will remember at the end of the day is is whether or not they had a, a fun time in your game so I, I strongly encourage you to to jump in and give it a try um and to really lean into having a good time with your friends only thing i'll say is that gerkus still needs a family name um so <laughs> yeah. i would like people to email me um you can email specifically uh, P-I-S at GameToGrow.org. That's P-I-S as in psychology in Seattle at GameToGrow.org. Send me Gierkes' family name because I need to know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and call out to all artists. We have yet to have uh, character art made of our characters. If you have a vision of what they would look like, um, I, you know, especially the person who did the art last time, but really anybody, we need... Uh, and and if you and if it's great, then we'll make it the uh, episode art that will go out there on the podcast and on the internet and everywhere. And so, drawing the three of us, particularly, it'd be cool if we were doing something cool, you know, like the Medusa was there, or we're at the funeral, or whatever the situation is. That would be awesome. So you could email us that as well. All right, everybody, uh, please take care of yourself out there, and. When your partner says, let's leave, listen to him. Because... <laughs> when he says it's time to make eel. <laughs> because you deserve to get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs>